I grew up watching Star Trek and I love Star Wars. I still do, even though I'm kind of developing a a view of things where there's no such thing that they're actually um, Luciferian, Hermetic, Babylonian, mystical occultism put forth as if it's real. Think of it this way. In in the occult, in the, the Babylonian hermetic traditions in Kabbalah, they have a mystical, um, almost meditative understanding of labyrinthian dimensions. Like the Kabbalah has the Sefer, and it has like ten dimensions, the tree of life from the Kabbalah. And so these are different dimensions. And so think of outer space as dimensional. Are we hearing in, in uh, quantum physics recently? Well, not even recently, but like over the past 50 years, interdimensional travel, interdimensional access. It's, see, they're shifting our minds bit by bit into this idea that there's an interdimensional outer space and celestial realms, galaxies, uh, black holes, dangerous black holes, all these things. And I really think what's been happening, and that's why I'm pissing off a lot of people because that's kind of, I feel like I'm the only person in the world that's not buying it. I'm actually not buying the Anunnaki. Like, I love Gary Wayne's stuff, and I think it's very, very accurate, but I'm not so sure what it's based on anymore. Because they repackaged, and I use this word a lot, they repackaged ancient hermetic occultism, um, and they, they turned it into what's called astrophysics. So all those celestial realms and galaxies and black holes, interdimensions and um, a dark energy, um, dark matter. There's just no end to the, you know, um, astrophysical way of looking at things. It's actually astrotheology is what it is. It's, um, it's all these religious ideas and space is a metaphor. So, so think of it that way. Outer space is a metaphor for the occult religion. And if they can get you to put your neck back and put your eyes up, if they can get you to keep looking up through telescopes, Neil deGrasse Tyson will help you. Bill Nye, the science guy, will help you. Michio Kaku will help you. They're all enlisted to help you keep your eyes in the sky. They don't want you looking at the earth and thinking about God. See, that's that's the plan. Just keep you thinking about aliens and going to Mars. Recently, Elon Musk, we're going to Mars. And then there's the car going around. It's obviously a fake car. It's not real. I I wrote a 22-page paper with 22 points showing how it's all fake. I mean, I used, basically, I used astrophysics and science to do it, in addition to just the obvious things like, um, you know, precipitation on the windshield of the car in space where there's no air. I mean, it's all bullshit. But So what you have is you have um, an encroaching idea of outer space and Mars and um, all these pundits talking about outer space and going to Mars um, and just pretty much keeping your head in the stars as much as possible. And, and the reason they're doing that is because it's a metaphor for the occult, Luciferian, satanic religion. And that's why drugs like DMT and you know, psilocybin, mescaline, cactus, um, anything psychedelic, like a Jason Silva video, YouTuber, it'll put you in a, um, a quasi-mediated um, celestial occult 
frame of mind. And you see how this can be inched every so slowly, inching your consciousness into a digital, techno-mystical, celestial framework. And so what are computers? They're very psychedelic. I call it techno-mystical. They're digital-technical. And so they're techno-mystical um, portals, doorways, stargates. And so computers, cell phones, outer space, it's all dovetailing our consciousness. I'm included. We're, none of us are, have escaped into embracing an occult, heliocentric, occult, mystical, cosmic consciousness experience. In other words, the New Age. And one thing Which is what Blavatsky. Oh, oh, Blavatsky, oh boy. Oh, one thing I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to okay, say no. is uh, no. it's important to to remember, I think you pointed this out somewhere at some point, but uh, they came up with the heliocentric model before they ever went up into space. Oh, good point. Yeah, Daniel, that's, um, people don't often think about that. The 15th century uh, Vatican Church, it's kind of, they were losing congregates is what happened. And you got St. Um, Ignatius Loyola, who started the, um, the Jesuit order. The idea was to win back the apostates, the rebels, you know. <laughs> and, and you can see how Star Wars was fashioned after the Jesuit battle to win back the rebels. You got the rebel forces in, in Star Wars. It's the same thing. Um, and the Jesuits were like stormtrooper priests. <laughs> okay, so they, they supercharged this occult idea of heliocentrism, is what you're saying. Galileo, Kepler, Copernicus, they, they literally invented the heliocentric globe model of deception. Um, again, to capture the apathy back to the church. And then later, alchemical occultist Sir Isaac Newton was enlisted to further the deception. And so you needed certain things to work together. It, it doesn't work unless you have all these things working in concert. And what it is, is you have gravity, heliocentric model, a heliocentric model, big bang cosmology, and uh, evolution. And so they all work together. The universe started, this is just a nursery story that they started telling people. The universe started 14.5 billion years ago, and it's been evolving. And then it gets to a place where, because of gravity, um, it turns into a spherical Earth, and it's orbiting around the sun. Okay, so why would they do that? And again, I've said this before, and a lot of people have, but I'll say it again. The reason they did this, you know, like why did they conceal the shape of the Earth? The reason they did this is because they wanted to get everyone as far as possible away from the Bible. Okay, because what have we all been taught since we were little kids? The Bible is retarded. The Bible is <laughs> stupid. It, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> but what, so true. Every movie, every movie in Hollywood has painted the picture that, I mean, if you think that Jesus Christ died for your sins and was resurrected and is the Redeemer for your sin, you are the dumbest bag of rocks in the universe. That's what they taught us. All of us. What is Hollywood? is a Jesuit creation. That's all they teach. It's New Age, cosmic consciousness, mysticism, and sci-fi, and movies. And, okay, so now, why, I ask the question, why would the Jesuits and, you know, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of centuries dedicated to keep you and me away from this book called the Bible? Now, I have to ask a question. 
regardless of whether these things in the Bible are true or not, or if it's a faith-driven thing, or without getting into Gary Wayne's area of expertise, because he's a Bible scholar, I'm not, I would have to ask the question, why would they spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and unimaginable efforts and toil and creating wars and psyops and propaganda and our educational system and government and entertainment. They're behind it all, okay, all of it. And trillions of dollars, you know, I'm not talking $2 trillion. I'm talking like $50 trillion plus since they started this game just to keep us away from the validity of the Bible and Christianity. Now, to me, that's a smoking gun. Like, why go to all the effort if it's a stupid fucking book? See what I'm saying? Something's wrong. Uh, it, it's, it's worthy for people to start, and I'm not going to proselytize or evangelize. I'm just saying it's worthy of people to start looking into this book with new eyes. And, and again, I'm not saying anyone should become Christian tonight. That's not really what I'm trying to say. I'm saying um, we need to reconsider what is in this book and start figuring out why it's public enemy number one of the, the Illuminati. The Illuminati only wants to do one thing, and it's destroy Christianity. That's really all that's going on on this, on this world. There's only one deception. <laughs> you know, people talk about uh, all these conspiracies. There is only one conspiracy. Uh, by the way, that's the title of my next book. It's called, And One Deception to Rule Them All. I'm ripping off of Lord of the Rings, obviously. <laughs> so, one ring to rule them all. And that deception is, you know, to make sure you don't buy into Christianity at all costs. And that's what transhumanism is all about, is the Luciferian apotheosis where we evolve into this new creature. And this new creature will, will only be a slave um, microchip in a huge quantum, mystical, satanic, Ready Player One game, like the Oasis and Ready Player One. So I, I'm kind of like going all over the place because there's so much information, but I'm trying to reduce it. But that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at my pet peeve. <laughs> what's so interesting sold. about this yeah. what's so interesting about it is that yeah. um I, I think people might have a hard time seeing it because they don't really understand how the pieces fit together but the literal truth right. is every, almost every aspect of what we see like on television advertising government and even the par paranormal conspiracy world a large percent of it mm. is part of this deception you speak of yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a modern science. Um, all modern science, they merely expanded on the ancient secret mystery school Babylonian teachings. You know, they, um, they were held so dear and sacred by the Freemasons, by all these teachings. Uh, it's the nursery school for ancient occult, Kabbalistic, Babylonian hermeticism inside Freemasonry. That's, you know, the Knights Templar brought it back, and the Jesuits took it. And then the uh, Illuminati kept it, and then they infiltrated Freemasonry, and you know it's like it's just this lineage. Uh, David or um, Gary Wayne talked about that to a large. I mean, he has a good understanding of how they preserve this knowledge to get to today, where quantum mysticism and is 
nothing other but like sacred geometry from ancient secret mystery schools. So it is all pervasive. You're right. It's in Hollywood. It's in our educational system. I mean, we're actually taught Babylonian mysticism from day one of our schooling. All of this is a cult. Gravity, heliocentrism, Big Bang cosmology, evolutionary theory. All of these are unproven assumptions and theoretical occultism sold to us as facts. Now, that's a huge awakening because a lot of people, again, they're not going to be happy. That's what I'm saying tonight. <laughs> that's why it's, I mean, the thing you can't talk about is the truth. And you can't talk about what I'm talking about. Like, what we're talking about today is we're dethroning absolutely everybody on the Internet. <laughs> but, you know, and that's, that's not going to go well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know uh, I, I had an interesting comment earlier today on Twitter. Somebody said to me, hey, you're spreading truth. You better stop. They're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at this stage in the game, um, if you uh, – if you if you own a cat, they're going to kill you. If you've ever been to Safeway to shop for broccoli, you're on a an NSA watch list. There's no way out. But I always tell people, hey, speak your truth now before you can't ever speak it again. Because, you know, we're moving into a 5G, techno-mystical, transhumanistic uh, world. I mean, they're, they're ratcheting it down really fast. The, the ratcheting is so fast now that you've got Elon Musk announcing that he's going to have interlacing, you know, Neuralink interlacing with artificial intelligence. You know, and then he also says it's the demon. You know, the fact that people wouldn't understand, well, of course, it's a lot to, you know, to, to, to wade through, to sift through. I mean, just look at the great scholars that are teaching, um, you know, Anunnaki, Nephilim, uh, Nibiru, ancient aliens returning. Like they're saying the great deception is the ancient aliens are returning. You know, and the Antichrist, and I'm saying the same thing, except minus the alien part. It's a deception. I call it the Jesuit alien deception, that they're actually going to introduce the idea that aliens, um, it could be Operation or Project Bluebeam, where they have a you know, fake messiah attack, or fake messiah, um, a fake alien attack, and the world unites. You, you've heard of Project Bluebeam, right? You know, that's a oh, yeah, using the pretty, uh, backdrop of the sky as a holographic yeah. projection screen. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then, um, you know, I, I figured this out the other day, and you, you sometimes chime in on my... Twitter page, and a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about now, I'm, I've been introducing this, these ideas from my next book. I've been introducing them to people, um, like beta, beta testing them <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and um, I've gotten some pretty positive, well, I've, you know, lost a lot of friends, too. <laughs> but I've, I've gotten some positive reactions like from yourself, too, when you chime in, that we're, we're kind of dealing with... Um, a deception that is uh, it's a it's it's like those Russian dolls, a doll within a doll within a doll within a doll. It's like a deception wrapped within a deception wrapped within a deception. It's like so it's so hard for anyone. Like I don't even know how I'm figuring this out because no one else seems to be talking about the fact that it's all bullshit. The whole alien thing, you know. And then people who study the Bible tend to argue less. They go, well, yeah, it's. 
there's no outer space. <laughs> you know, what, what did they do? Do you know the lineage after Sir Admiral Byrd? He um, had an expedition. It was on the, uh, a thing called the Chronoscope, 1940 or 30-something. And he discovered a dome, you know, a wall in Antarctica, a huge expedition. Okay, he came back and talked about it. They shut down at Ar- Antarctica. Excuse me. They shut down Antarctica immediately. Like 52 countries signed a treaty, and no one can go to Antarctica. And that's currently the situation, by the way. You can't go to Antarctica. Okay, so right after that, they had a series of projects. They had Operation High Jump, Operation Deep Freeze, Operation Fishbowl, and they were all beneath, subsumed beneath the umbrella of a larger operation called Operation Dominique. Okay, so I, I'm kind of like tangenting off for a second because I mean, these are these are big complex ideas. So I kind of have to add some texture to the, to what I'm talking about. So what happened is the um, the progression. The chronological progression is Admiral Byrd comes back, and then all these operations get flying. And one of them was Operation Fishbowl, where they had a high-altitude nuclear explosion. They were testing high-altitude nuclear warheads. Well, what was happening, and, and by the way, Operation Dominique, a fishbowl, like firmament, living in a bowl, in a dome. Now, this is what the military was calling it, Operation Fishbowl. Operation High Jump, going to the Antarctic Shelf and going up the 200-foot wall and exploring. Operation Deep Freeze, setting up uh, bases in Antarctica. And so why all the interest in, that, in Antarctica? Well, here's the tip-off. Operation Dominique, the, the grander title of all these uh, subservient operations, means the Lord. So think about that, Daniel. The military has the largest operation in the history, probably, of mankind. <laughs> it's called the Lord. And they're nuking at 100 miles up. They were trying to get through the dome. And if you look at the explosions, because they videoed all this. See, they, they there's videos of the atomic bombs going off at 100 miles or whatever it is. And you see this huge mushroom cloud that spreads out. It doesn't go like a big explosion like a nuclear bomb. It spreads out for hundreds of miles like it hit a glass ceiling. And I'm not saying the dome is made of glass, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> but the, the point is, um, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the Jesuits and, and even ancient early Freemasonry, which was really Pythagoras. He's like he's known as like the father of Freemasonry by the Freemasons. Not by you or myself, but they they recognize him. Um and he talked about a you know a heliocentric model. So all the way back then, they were trying to cover up the idea that there could be a firmament, like the Bible says, and a God and that Christ is real. And there's a battle between Lucifer and Christ. And your only way out is to just, you know, accept Christ. Okay, they don't want you to know this. And, and I'm not trying to tell people what they should do. But I'm just saying the Jesuits and <laughs> the Vatican, you know, all the, it's all connected. The secret societies, uh, Rosicrucian, Illuminati, Jesuits, Freemasonry, Deep State, whatever. Um, they don't want you to know that there's, a way out of their transhumanistic vision, which is for you to enmesh and plug in to their technologies, 
cell phones, started with cell phones, and then it's going to be Ocular Rift, it's going to be virtual environments, it's going to be uh, Oasis, like Ready Player One, you'll be um, gaming for hours in your room, it's going to get realer and realer and more um, textured with holographics, and eventually you'll be inside, and it's going to be a blast for a long time until they finally get everybody in, and then they flip the switch. And then, do you recall, did you see Ready Player One, Daniel? Oh, not yet, but I, I heard it's like transhumanist movie number one. Absolutely. And the one scene that gives away kind of like where they want to really take this is a scene where they have The Shining run as a simulation inside the Oasis game. So all of a sudden you've got um, elevator doors opening up with, you know, tons of blood pouring out and two little girls and then a huge guy with an axe in an ice on like an ice hedge and he's ch- chasing you in a maze and trying to kill you. Okay. That's the other part, you know, that they're not really, <laughs> I mean, they're hiding it in plain sight, right? Cause it's inside the movie ready player one that it could go really bad. Like all of a sudden the shining, um, you know, Stephen King's the shining is your, <laughs> your reality. So see, this is why I'm kind of like trying to set the alarm because they're, they're leading people in little by little cell phones, um, t- um, tattoos that are RFDI chip kind of stuff. And um, and then it's going to be interfacing with artificial intelligence and talking to artificial intelligence more and more. Um, it, it's just going to be a gradual thing that will all of a sudden not be so gradual. Because do you recall um, hearing about something called a telephone, uh, you know, a, a, a landline <laughs> where you just pick, yeah, you pick up this thing and you go, hello? But you don't carry it with you in your pocket. Okay, how did we get from that to IBM to computers the size of a little house to computers the size of a desktop to computers the size of your palm? I mean, it's just going into a micro-digital, techno-mystical slavedom. There is, I don't see a way out, and I, I said that the last time we talked. Yeah, that's All something I, that that's, that's yeah. something that I, I really think that I started noticing at some point. I, I think it was uh, Terrence McKenna that originally um, pointed out his novelty theory and how things would progress over time. And and, and All right. yeah, All like right. for whatever reason, in our lifetimes, um, technology technology just seems to be exploding. Like I kind of think of my generation, like the video game generation, because I just saw video games go from you know simple things like Super Mario all the way up to virtual reality. And I, I have to wonder, like, if there is any sort of sign of the end times. It's the the way that um, things seem to be so unique right now, in the sense that technology is just accelerating insanely fast. Well, that's um, a Moore's law. Are you familiar with Moore's law? Uh, kind of. Moore's Law, it just it kind of states there's an exponential growth in technology. That's all it really said. Moore's Law had to do with digital chips, but they started getting, you know, vacuum tubes, and now we have, like, chips the size of an atom. <laughs> you know, it just gets smaller and smaller, according to Moore's Law. Uh, technological growth is exponential. Uh, one of the ways to understand that is that, you know, 10,000 years, and then we have fire. And then um, in, you know, 50 years, Bronze Age, and, you know, it just goes, uh, you know, Industrial Age. And then in, you know, in one year, it goes into Apple Computer. And then in 60, 
days it goes into micro Apple. Everything's just going smaller and faster and smaller. And, and that's Terrence McKenna's novelty theory. It time, it's called a time wave zero. Uh, time wave infinite compression that Terrence McKenna spoke of, the, the eschaton, the, the, the precipice of time itself. You oh, know, you're, you're very familiar with time. him. <laughs> what? Oh, you're very familiar with his work. Oh, Terrence McKenna? Oh, yeah. The, uh, um, well, you know, I had to, like, um, do my psychonaut training in college, various psychedelics to try to see what that was all about. And those are just uh, people say things like, oh, well, how can you, how do you, why do you bad talk DMT and psychedelics so much? Like, don't you see how these are mind expanding? And I said, yeah, no, it's not like I don't know about these things. In college, I went down the new age path, you know, meditation, psychedelics, and, um, astral travel and paranormal, everything. That's all I did. And <laughs> you think I know all this. It's like, I don't read books on it. I, I went out and did it. <laughs> and so, yeah, McKenna is entrancing. It's like, oh yeah, the, the, um, the idea that it's all going to go super fast and we're going into this techno ethnogen digital consciousness realm, you know, forbidden knowledge. And, but then you keep going down that path and you start to see, wait a minute, it actually doesn't, you still die. You see, it, it doesn't lead to where they think, it, it's like the promise in the Garden of Eden, where you just eat of this apple and you, you surely won't die. You know, you, you'll be as God, in fact, Lucifer. So everyone's like, oh, you mean, if I just keep following this, I'll somehow live forever. And now the uh, Luciferian elite are promising eternal life through technology, transhumanistic uh, genetic uh, manipulation and um, this, and meshing with computers, mind uploading, all these things, these technologies are the apple. See, it's the apple. It's promising you eternal life and power. And so I always tell people, do you realize what they're offering you? I mean, you, you realize, and they're like, yeah, why are you fighting it? People say, why am I fighting it? I said, do you know that you die? I mean, how long do you think you're going to live? You're going to die. We all die. <laughs> See, it's a lie. You don't live forever. <laughs> you, you simply will never become enlightened. There's no such thing. And you won't become better than anybody else. And you won't become, like, uh, immortal, you know, like the Marvel Comics series, which I love Marvel because it gives away the game. It, it's trying to make us feel like we can have these superpowers. But it's just not true. Talk to people that are supposed to be enlightened on their deathbed. As, you know, spit is dribbling out their mouth and they can barely remember their name. It all evaporates. So we're, what we're dealing with here is a battle for the soul. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's a battle, a battle for the human soul. And so if you go into the transhumanistic, uh, techno-digital matrix that they're um, designing for us and they have been um once you're plugged in it, it's not just you're plugged in it is a luciferian end game where you're in i guess you could just say hell forever so i was joking with a friend of mine a, a good friend of mine uh, michael epperson he's a brilliant brilliant man we've been talking for years about this stuff and michael was um, talking about a few things. And so we were in the car and I said, well, so eventually you, you have a choice. You can go into this techno mystical transhumanistic 
uh, matrix, okay, and um, and your soul will be tortured forever, or you could die. And he just looked at me like, so, not very cool choices. <laughs> like, that's it? That's my choice? I uh, tortured forever or die? Okay, but the, the thing I'm not saying is that because you can't say it. It's too forbidden. You can't say, accept Christ. You just can't tell people. You could just accept Christ. <laughs> and then, don't worry. Like, that's all you have to do. Okay, so no one's going to buy that. Do you know anybody that's going to buy that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, mean, I agree with you. Usually when you get on the subject, most people nowadays, it's, it's just like kryptonite to them. They, they get very uncomfortable. They they start sure. to ridicule. They make fun, and they, um, it, you know, it's it's not it's so reversed how, to how it would be in the past, where a lot of people were Christian. It's like you're you're actually kind of a dork or an idiot if you are. Exactly, and, and you, you have to look at it as the way science was um, interpolated, and it was positioned in such a way to dethrone anything Christian and biblical. Um, I call it a neo-fascist scholasticism. And what I mean by neo-fascist scholasticism is that it's the avoidance of any real questions. You can't ask any real questions in academia. <laughs> it's the pursuit of trivial methodology. It's the memorization of an endless list of names and mathematical formulas and manipulations in view of understanding real observable truths. So it's observable that I am stationary. I'm not moving. Okay? It's observable empirical truth. The sun is moving. That is an empirical observable fact. The moon is moving. Okay? These are... What they do is they don't let you ask any real questions. They just keep interpolating and manipulating mathematical equations and ideologies and until um, they locked us down this is what happened. They locked us down into an epistem I call it epistemic autocracy. And so it's uh, uh, autocracy is like self-rule, and epistemic is knowledge. They have the rule on knowledge. So you, you can't go against what they say. They, this started a long time ago, you know, and it's been going for such a long time that to even suggest that these things could be real, like Christ and um, the firmament idea, um, puts you in the tinfoil hat area. And so I don't go out there and announce to anybody, you know, I'm, I'm a flat earther or I'm a Christian. I don't do any of that. I just, what I'm doing is I'm telling people that we need to investigate, that we need to investigate these things because there is no more options. What do you, what See, do you think like of this, Greg? What do you think huh? of this? What about the idea that these FEMA camps that they have set up, what about the idea that right. those are actually for Christians in the future? Well, that's kind of the ugly truth that nobody really wants to talk about. That That's exactly what they are. And see, you know the Crusades and the Inquisition and all these things? Those weren't Christians um, that were executing those. Those were Luciferians. I mean, where is it in Christ's teachings that you get the authority to uh, torture and execute people that aren't Christian? Did he teach that? I mean, I, I missed that Sunday school class. 
if that's what Christ taught. I missed that class. Now, you know, forgive me for not catching on that Christ instructed millions to be killed because he didn't. And Luciferians have infiltrated the Christian, going back to Constantine, they've infiltrated Christianity for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years to dethrone it and pervert it and twist it. I mean, most organized religions are completely perverted and contorted, They're like Babylonian is what they are. And then, and, and we always hear about the Illuminati infiltrating uh, Freemasonry and infiltrating governments and infiltrating educational systems, okay? So see this word infiltration? Well, infiltrating Christianity is what is going on. And so now there's no way you can even talk about it seriously. I mean, atheism was, atheism was gradually introduced into the world as a careful, socially engineered mythology. It's to mesmerize and brainwash people. And epistemology, in other words, knowledge, um, it's the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion. So the elite occult established what I call epistemological cartels of knowledge long ago. Okay, so these uh, cartels were to be the new priesthood, the, the leaning upon a radical empiricism to block any free thinking about uh, biogenesis, you know, how life began, um, or, or anything that they would come up with. You can't go against it. The Royal Society in England was one such cartel. And the Royal Society, an offshoot of the Royal Society, is the Tapstock Institute in England, and all these cartels. Um, these think tanks to hold the knowledge of these scientific Luciferian priests over anybody else. And they place man um, at the center causation. And so God was factored out of the equation, they, uh, like a mathematical treatise. They factored, like you in trigonometry, and you, they factored God out of the creation equation. And they were able to dominate man's passions and you know, rape man of any free thinking, uh, no self-determinism, reducing man to a random chaotic event in a meaningless and hostile, illusory, heliocentric universe. So that's the crowning achievement of these Luciferians. And they did it using, and this is, this is my last book, Scientism. And so Scientism um, creates, creates a blind ignorance of atheism, and it's the new creation myth. You know, big bang, and it causes cognitive dissonance in people and the, uh, the uneducated masses, so they just cling to atheism. They, they don't know what to do. And so that's what we have now. And I'm kind of, to cycle back, I'm kind of jumping on board with all the stuff that I've been explaining it's in my book and the next book. I have like 1,300 pages written in the next book, and it's going to be an anthology. I'm going to, I'm going to cut it into two or three books. It's going to be an anthology of um, a lot of great writers in certain fields. And I'm just going to throw, the, I've already contacted a lot of authors and asked for permission to use their work because I don't really care about just having my work. I don't really care about myself just getting credit. It's just, I don't even care about that at this point. I just want to, I want to tell this story and go to this level where these deceptions that are being, by the top scholars are being pushed as fact um, in the, conspiracy truther community are exposed for what they are. Because I think that 
the idea of Anunnaki and aliens and all that stuff being pro uh, propagated by a lot of, you know, scholars, on, uh, YouTubers and conspiracy people, they're basically following, following the agenda of the Illuminati unknowingly because they want you, the Jesuits wanted you to believe in outer space, right? Because the Jesuits said, well, you know, and then we'll have this alien deception, you know, once we set up this outer space, you know, with Copernicus and Galileo and uh, Kepler, they set out, they set up an outer space, a heliocentric outer space uh, model, and eventually they could gently, throughout the years, shift us into this technoistical celestial cosmic consciousness idea, which would make the idea of an alien attack or alien antichrist quite feasible. And also 50 years of Hollywood to help the, the, the project. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned and alarmed that people are just not questioning this ancient alien thing somewhat, the Anunnaki, um, Chariots of the Gods. That was a book. You know, it came out years ago, and that kind of started the whole thing going, Chariots of the Gods. And um, there was the uh, Discovery Channel or, or some channel, Ancient Aliens, right? You know, Nephilim, Marduk, Nimrod, Nibiru, Enki, Elohim, and they talk about Yeshua, Jesus. And, you know, um, in Prometheus, like Ridley Scott, he talks about the space messiah. You know, Christ was just a space messiah. You see how dangerous this is? Daniel, the more we accept the alien agenda, the alien reality of outer space, the more we will be accepting the idea of Christ was just an alien. And of course, what am I talking about? Project Bluebeam, where they find archaeological um, um, tablets that prove that aliens are real and that Christ was probably just an alien. And so if another alien comes, people will just buy it. And then you have, you know, the savior of the world. In other words, the Antichrist has just arrived as an alien. Now, I think it's all deception. I think they're, the Jesuits made it up. I don't think there's outer space, like they say, because I think the stars are sonoluminescent electromagnetic pulses coming out of waveforms and sound. I don't think they're billions of miles away. And I think they're just going to drop the bomb. It could be Project Bluebeam. It could be um, uh, using Lick Observatory or the Hubble, they could say, oh, we've contacted uh, an alien code. It's so complex and so well organized, it can't be anything but intelligent life. Okay. And then they'll like NBC, CBS, or, or Alex Jones, alternative media, they'll announce to the world that, you know, through the conduit of artificial intelligence, like that movie Arrival or Annihilation, another movie. Um, that we've been contacted by ancient or yeah by alien life, and they're coming to us either through interdimensional portals, stargates, like a CERN idea, or literally some kind of creature will appear, like out of um, uh, Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke. Okay, so I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but I know it's going to go down because it is going down. What has Elon Musk recently talked about? He's talking about Mars. He's talking about alien life. What is the Vatican talking about? He's going to baptize the aliens. What is NASA talking about? Aliens. What is every Hollywood sci-fi talking about? Aliens. <laughs> so we know it's happening. Why do you Christians, suppose Elon Musk is helping these people? 
because he is, um, well, there's one of two things. There's options with Musk. One, he's, first of all, if you look online, he's actually an actor. He's not a scientist. <laughs> like, Neil deGrasse, I don't know if people think that these people are real scientists. Bill Nye, the science guy, was a professional actor. He was like a comedian. I mean, he wasn't a scientist. And they, they gave him a job to do children's programming where you actually you know, teach science. It's an acting job. Well, it went over well, so he got shifted into the idea that he's actually a real scientist. So he's an actor. Neil deGrasse Tyson is an actor. He has a an actor's uh, billing online. I, mean, uh, I think it's called IMBD. He has his picture. He is listed as an actor. He's not an astrophysicist. That's all a game. Like Trump, he's an actor. Didn't he have his own show? <laughs> right? He's an actor. Well, same with Elon Musk. He's actually a professional actor. He, he's on IMBD. He's listed as an actor. So all these guys are actors. The world is and, a big um, stage, and they're a bunch of puppets. The, that's all it is. And so they're supposed to razzle-dazzle you and impress you. And um, Carl Sagan, uh, the universe is full of billions and billions and billions and billions. And he just goes on and on about how, you know, stars and distances, you know, just reaffirming the occult Babylonian idea. And so that's all they're doing. And so Musk is, he's got the job to, he's supposed to, like Albert Einstein, there's another fake. <laughs> I'm saying all the things to piss off people tonight, but I, I tell you, it's all deception. Albert Einstein was a copyright clerk, and that's all he ever was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, if he stole, uh, there was, I think it's Kukult, I can't remember, he stole a lot of ideas from um, one physicist. But, you see, relativity and special relativity, there's no such thing. Th these are all bullshit occult ideas. It's Kabbalah. Everything you know, Daniel, from astrophysics and physics and quantum physics, not, not so much physics, like, you know, my car works on gasoline, that's physics, but um, it's a lie. Dark matter, dark energy, gravity, black holes, special relativity, general relativity, these are all illusions. There's no fucking thing. It, it's just Kabbalah. It's Kabbalah. And yeah, and you know, upon realizing yeah. that these words are true, I, I just can't, it, it just really F's with my head. It's just, and I'm pretty woke too. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty cutting edge. And it just, I mean, this just blows my mind it, it, to think that all of those things, uh, they simply aren't real. Yeah. None of it. It's all capitalistic, hermetic mysticism. And you have to think of the old schools, even Pythagoras. He, he developed um, a aesthetic school, but it was uh, it was a mystery school. I mean, do you, you realize where science comes from? And then the alchemical traditions. Sir Isaac Newton was an alchemical witch. He wasn't a scientist. You know, Copernicus was a you know Freemason, well not Freemason, but Jesuit affiliate, like a, um, an agent. See, everything that you've learned. I, I know people. The more I talk, the the more everyone in the world hates me. <laughs> 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 because I don't buy anything, and I don't buy it to be an asshole. I've looked into it. I research, you know, twenty four seven. Actually, I'm always 
looking into everything. And so the more you dig, you, you see how it, it's all just really occult repackaging. And it's for the reason of, um, you know, slavery. And it, it's really mystical stuff, so it's hard to understand. Like, you were taught Pythagoras invented the Pythagorean theorem, and, and you learned about Socrates. And there, See, this is all on the surface Freemasonic education that we went through. Well, one but thing that people actually really... Go ahead. Oh, one thing that never fit together, you mentioned uh, Sitchin earlier. Well, Sitchin yeah. was pulling things out of a tradition where, like, in Babylon, for example, um, they had the characters that he talked about, these these gods, but they also had things like demons and curses and things like that that he completely left out. Well, see, now, oh, gosh, I, I, I forgot that, so I'm glad you mentioned it, because that was, like, the, the um, epitaph to what I was saying, right? it was a caveat to, um, you know, demons and angels and aliens. And one of the things is, I think, and you probably agree with this, I think all this alien talk is simply the Trojan horse that the Jesuits are using, and not just Jesuits, let's just say Luciferian elite, to introduce demonic forces into the world using CERN, using um, heart technology, using quantum computers, using artificial intelligence. But whatever they can, and genetic manipulation, they do want to introduce a demonic Luciferian realm and unleash it. You know, the Leviathan is right. Yeah, that goes back to like uh, Jack Parsons opening the portal in Area 51. Oh, um, Babylon Rising. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, Babylon Rising. Uh, you and I know a lot of the same stuff, obviously. The Babylon Rising, uh, Jack Parsons, who is a, one of the world's top Satanists, who happens to be one of the guys who started NASA. Go figure that. You know, NASA is supposed to be on the up and up. And you've got Alistair Crowley, you know, the most wicked man on the planet, or I won't say planet, the world. <laughs> the most wicked man in the world. He was called that. He was called the Beast during um, his life. And Jack Parsons, one of the top Sex magic Satanist. He was like into sex magic. This is the guy who started, you know, JPL, um, Jet Propulsion Laboratories and NASA. And so you've got two of the top Satanists and sex magic practitioners in the world who start NASA. Okay, well, isn't that a little bit suspicious right off the bat? And Walt Disney was also involved, you know, and also Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke, and L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, who have I listed? Some of the top Satanists in the world, a science fiction writer, another science fiction writer, a fantasy park film, you know, entrepreneur, Walt Disney, and, um, oh, and then one of the, the top science fiction filmmakers in the world, Stanley Huber. Okay, how many times did I use the word fiction in that last paragraph? It's all fiction. NASA is a film production company with a really big budget. You, know, you think Marvel has a big budget, right? Two hundred or three hundred and fifty million for Infinity Wars. Of course, they made over three billion back. But what's NASA's uh, the film production company called NASA? And they use real big props called rockets. But their budget is not three hundred and fifty billion or fifty million. They get thirteen point five billion a year to make their films. And their CGI um, 
photos, uh, in quotes, photos of Earth and, you know, CGI, computer-generated images of galaxies. and So it's all uh, a way of taking the idea of God and Christ and demons and, you know, archangels and angels. There being a spiritual war and putting it in a secular vernacular. You see, you see what they've done? They took all these spiritual aspects of it and translated them into secular, um, epistemological autocracy. So it's self-governing, autocratic, you know, self-governing, epistemological cartels, these cartels of knowledge, science, um, to, to, to use science as a Trojan horse to push all of their truly spiritual demonic forces into our world. But they're just going to call aliens, and they're going to call everything um, forces, dark matter, dark energy, artificial intelligence. But I think what we're really going to be dealing with and what we really are dealing with are truly demonic forces. And people say, oh, so you don't believe in anything, like you're, you rip through all the deceptions, Greg, but then you believe in demons? And my reply <laughs> is, yep, I do. <laughs> and and that, the reason being is because the first truth of things was the spiritual war. That is the first truth in the world. Not artificial intelligence or aliens or uh, dark energy. All that's just repackaging. That's just new kids on the block. That's just science repackaging ancient, ancient, ancient Babylonian, pre-Babylonian, you know, Zoroastrianism. It just repackaged everything so that they could get it to the door. <laughs> you know, uh, Madame Helena Blavatsky, secret doctrine. And so... Um, yeah, what's so interesting the, about that name and other people such as Albert Pike and Crowley himself, yeah. and uh, I suppose the list would go on and on, if you look at their writings, all of them, just about all of these wizards, sorcerers, occultists, at some point they venerate Lucifer in some way. Well, not like Albert Pike, especially in the Morals and Dogma, and I'm sure you've read that, that famous um, section where he says, you know, the pure doctrine of Lucifer, he's <laughs> like talking about the pure doctrine of Lucifer. And Alice Bailey, who's one of the um, kind of like devotees to Madame Helena Blavatsky, and she talks about the Luciferian engine, uh, how it, it promises immortality in, in God's stature. And she talks about the, that the need to um, accept the Lucifer's occult gnosis um, and, and the serpent's promise to man and you know, the forbidden fruit of knowledge, good and evil. But all these things are good. Uh, apotheosis, in other words. And it's very attractive. And Blavatsky and um, Albert Pike and just name anybody, just like you're saying. They find, and, and Freemasonry especially, they finally say, they invert the Garden of Eden story and say, no, that apple, that apple, that forbidden knowledge is being offered to you by the true God that Lucifer, the angel of light, the intellectual fire, Prometheus, you know, that's why we have Ridley Scott, Prometheus, his recent movie, Prometheus, the, the firebringer. It's Lucifer. That's why it's called Prometheus, you know, Ridley Scott's deep Satanist. And so um, that's what you have. You have the Luciferian energy spreading its wings, and we're 
being taught that it's all good, you know, all of it, that you should pursue technology. That what's wrong with knowing everything? I mean, imagine just telling like a five-year-old, yeah, just, just you, it's fine, just go experiment with anything you want. You want to run across the highway? Check it out. It's, it's an experience. Go for it. I mean, <laughs> lock yourself out. No, there's some things that we're not supposed to know. When I was a kid, I thought, oh, yeah, that is true. We should know everything. And I studied everything. And as I become older, I realized um, I'm still studying everything, but it's not, it's not the same intention. I'm not trying to, like, know all the new age secrets, astral travel and paranormal understandings and psychedelics and meditation or um, uh, crystals and numerology and astrology and tarot. Like, that knowledge, people say, oh, if you had the knowledge of the occult, you could use it against them. <laughs> I hear this all the time. Like, what uh, people, even on my Twitter page, why are you so against meditation? Why are you so against DMT? Why are you so against um, the ancient secret knowledge, you know, the occult knowledge? Like, look how powerful the occult are using Luciferian knowledge. Lucifer was the true God offering the apple to man. That's just what people are saying, not even knowing they're saying it. My response is, you think... The knowledge that the dark, most wicked, genocidal, evil, I guess I could just say, um, entity and force in the world uses for their power, that that's going to somehow be good in your hands? I mean, think about, I guess, brain damage <laughs> that people have to think that they could just... And there's, I, I made a huge enemy of this one website, um forgot the name. Oh, the dot. Decoders of truth. <laughs> they hate my guts there. They, they blocked me. Because I started suggesting that, you know, all the stuff, the groovy, cool, age of Aquarius, cool things that they're talking about, you know, powers and ancient pyramid powers, all that stuff. Hey, it's just fun to think about. Uh, I was saying, well, it, it's all a trap. And they, they started really getting mad. They just blocked me eventually. I said pretty much that all 200,000 of you are lost. You know, I just made enemies. I'm making enemies of everybody I talk to now because I'm not endorsing all of the occult science that people are exalting. They're, they're, they think that they can get away with murder, that, that these ancient secret tombs and books of knowledge that Lucifer has promised, you know, is science. And um, and occult practices that in Kabbalah that these things will can be used against the occult. They have no idea that they're that's exactly what the occult are doing. Who do you think is giving everyone this occult knowledge? Who is writing all these New Age books? Who's making these New Age bookstores? Who's making all these films that give occult knowledge? Who is behind giving the world occult knowledge? It's the occult. They. They want you to have it. They're not trying to hide it, you know. As like, do you think they're trying to hide occult ideas? Look at Hollywood. It's non Harry Potter. <laughs> it's nothing but occultism. They want you to be curious. They want you to have it. And so there, what you said, Zachariah Sitchin. He's pushing aliens, but not demonic entities. David Icke talking about reptilian hybrids. And you've got um, 
uh, Gerard or Clark, Gerald, Gerald Clark is another one out there. And they're all really nice people. I, I'm nothing against them. But they're like, oh, we found these Sumerian tablets, you know, and the Sumerian tablets prove such and such. And I'm saying, are you sure about that? Because isn't that the story of Project Bluebeam? Isn't that the same plot line as Ridley Scott's Prometheus? That they found ancient tablets which suggest such and such. And so that's why I said, you know, Gerald Clark and all these people, they're smoking a pipe. And you are seeing the, you're seeing the hints of, what? you're kind of seeing the small hints of what they're planning because you have some of these alien disinfo guys in Antarctica or they claim to be in Antarctica and they're talking to this or that alien group and it just sounds like a bunch of goofy nonsense. They're saying, oh, there's this and this alien species and that alien species are in on it and it, it just sounds so completely comical. They're making it pretty um, um, mainstay, too. Like, it used to be that if you said that kind of thing, I don't know, 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, uh, you've been watching too much sci-fi. But now people are, you know, they're on. And then Marduk, you know, I've watched some of these videos, and Marduk will come back. And Nibiru is a planet that, and I'm like, have you proven outer space yet? This is all I'm asking these people to do. (laughs) I'm not really, you know, I'm saying, look it. It's cool. Anunnaki respond from the DNA of some outer space king Marduk, and the ancient aliens are returning to seize power over the earth, as they did in times of yore. Blah blah blah. You know, fifty years of this shit. I'm like, okay. Yeah, good. it's it's, like it's hard. It's heartbreaking because it's heartbreaking because when you get into like Sitchin or you get into Ike, you feel like you're getting the truth. I mean, you're like. Oh my God! This is it, David Ike reptilians. Oh, I, I've got it. I mean, me myself, I want to learn everything I could about these reptilians. And at this point, I'm, I'm wondering if that was a waste of time. <laughs> well, uh, it's not a waste of time because consider it all—it's all kind of a learning curve. It's good for you to know that too, because I mean, who—who who is it that got me into looking at conspiracies? David Ike. <laughs> I read, um, and I have—I have the perception deception on my bookshelf. I mean. Who's better than David Icke, right? <laughs> he, he he lays it all out, and he talks about the Rothschild Zionists, right? And he talks about the aliens and the reptilians and every... I mean, he, you can learn more from David Icke like, than anybody. But even David Icke could be a little bit deceived, right? There, there could be... I mean, think of how many layers I've had to go through to, to say what I'm saying tonight. Because that was all about reptilian hybrids and Anunnaki, because these people, these experts that talk about it, they're really, you know, even Gary Wayne would really respect, you know. Um, but he's very dead serious about, you know, ancient alien Anunnaki. And, and, and I'm not saying he's wrong in his lineage examples. He's talking about lineage. I think he's probably right on track. But, but the idea of that, um, you know, we're going to outer space for all this and, and planet Nibiru, <laughs> this is where you first have to prove to me the true geography of the Earth and the extent that outer space extends. Because according to the military in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, and when they had um, Operation Fishbowl under um, Operation Dominique, which means the Lord, they were bombing the 
the high glass ceiling of the firmament, and they could not get through. Do you, you know what they call the? You know what NASA calls the uh, firmament from the Bible? They call it the Van Allen radiation belt. You ever heard that before? Oh yeah, definitely. And they always say, um, "Oh yeah, we uh, we can't get through the Van Allen radiation belt, but we're, we're working on it. We're trying to get through the Van Allen." Ra- <laughs> See, that's their repackaging of a biblical concept called the firmament that we are we live in it's called an enclosed cosmology we actually live on a plane um with a toroidal electromagnetic force and that's what the north pole is and you know nikolai tesla talked about this the ether the magnetic ether and um the poles and that the sun and moon are electromagnetic that they're connected electromagnetically the moon's not reflecting the sunlight the moon is a transduction mechanism it's connected to the sun electromagnetically not reflecting but in the same way that if you hold a fluorescent light near a transformer um you can get the light bulb to light up without touching the transformer it's electromagnetic transduction okay so if that's what we're dealing with if we're dealing with an enclosed cosmology with electromagnetics that govern the stars the moon and um the sun then that every single that's why i make so many enemies every single you know the, the decoders of truth website who they, they they hate my guts now uh um and a lot of other people who are going to listen to this and no longer like me <laughs> they, they, <laughs> don't they, worry um, you're you're on the right they, show for making people hate you i do that all the time um <laughs> uh, I love it because I, I figure people start to hate me and I'm right over the target, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so the ancient alien, it's kind of like, it seems like more deception to me. The Luciferian setup um, was to prepare us for this fake alien space invasion. Okay, that was the Jesuits' idea. They are preparing us for a fake alien space invasion. So aren't all these people falling into the agenda if they're teaching ancient aliens and Anunnaki and Nibiru? I mean, I'm sorry to dethrone just about every person on YouTube, but I'm not buying it. And I think they've been smoking a CGI pipe from NASA and believing in Hollywood films, science fiction films, believing that it's real. And the Jesuits got all this rolling with Copernicus and Kepler, and Galileo, and then Sir Isaac Newton. And they just trashed Ptolemy, it is, and Tycho Brahe. They trashed these guys. They just said, nope, no geocentricism anymore. And they invented billions and billions of miles, and trillions and trillions of you know, magnitudes. And eventually we're just a worthless, meaningless speck, floating as a speck in speck space with more specks on Trillions of miles of specks that are swirling and random, chaotic, meaningless. I mean, there's no room for God in that model, right? I mean, how do you slip in the Bible in Christ? It, 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 you're so, God is so far away from you in the heliocentric model. It's almost deism. Like God, well, I mean, it's not even deism. God didn't start the game and, and he's far away. In the atheist model, you know, there's no God at all. I mean, this is how far they, they got God out of the They just factored God out of the equation, little by little. And so now, um, it's all to prepare us for this 
fake alien space invasion and the emergence of artificial intelligence-based alien life. And the the uh, fake alien deception, it dovetails perfectly. Now, think about this, Daniel. The fake alien deception of currently that we all know is coming down, right? It dovetails perfectly with the Anunnaki ancient alien fantasies. So the alien, I call it rubbish, <laughs> it lays the foundation for the ultimate Jesuit alien antichrist messiah deception. So think of the big blue heliocentric band-aid. That's what I call it. The big blue marble heliocentric band-aid. So there's a huge thorn in the side of the ancient alien Anunnaki propaganda. And it's bleeding out the sides right now. And I am one of the chief causes of this wound. And that's why I'm making a million enemies tonight. Because I am going to be in the crosshairs of a lot of people. Because I'm saying that the whole ancient alien Anunnaki mythology is bleeding out the sides. And I'm helping. It's limping along. It's searching for the big blue marble heliocentric band-aid to stop the bleeding because if the ancient alien and Nibiru flying through space, all the stuff, if we discover about the satanic Luciferian origins of NASA and Copernican heliocentric globe model deception is perpetuated by Jesuits and if we discover that we're not actually in a huge, vast um, universe with all these distances, then all of these things crumble to the earth. And I think that's was the intention of the Jesuits to create this deception for hundreds of years till we get to now where even the genius scholars of the Bible are teaching the exact deception that the Jesuits wanted them to teach. And so that will be what I call one deception to rule them all. And that's the name of my next book. It's we're all going to be entranced into this idea of alien contact. And it could be through the conduit of artificial intelligence. It could be an actual entity. And um, it's going to be dazzling. But I, I'll be the only person sitting with a lawn chair on my roof going, nope, <laughs> that's not what's happening. It's basically just the Luciferians either in contact with demonic forces using demonic intelligence to razzle-dazzle us or maybe not even so much that, just their own intellectual wickedness coming up with more Disneyland NASA shows for us to uh, to get us to go a step further into their Luciferian uh, digital techno matrix. Yeah, that you know, could be... What, yeah, go ahead. Uh, William Cooper, he, he's very famous in this uh, conspiracy world, and he, he actually yeah. talked a lot about aliens and things like that throughout uh, much of his career. But at the end, he he actually discovered that he had been un unwillingly spreading disinformation. And his whole hypothesis at the end was that uh, the whole time they were fake and the technology was real, but actually pretty much everything that he was out there doing was, or actually what he was doing was he was unwittingly spreading disinformation for uh, this, these Luciferians out there. Isn't that interesting? How isn't there a phrase from the Bible? And again, I'm certainly no Bible scholar. Um, it's just, it's, I respect those that are. There's just so much to learn in that book. But even the elect 
shall be deceived. Isn't that a, not an exact quote, but there's something, the concept that even the elect, and it could be that this, it's, it's like, I don't know what to tell people. Like, how can people not be figuring these things out? And it could be that it's just only certain people will ever figure it out. You know? Well, I, like, I can say you, one you, thing. I can say one thing. I, I personally, I believe that it was what you said about um, there being maybe these Luciferians are working with demonic entities because I, I, I do know about these shadow beings and um, these things seem yeah. to be demons from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, and I think you've had your own paranormal experiences. And, and I, I do think there is a spiritual realm with demonic entities. And that's one of the reasons I tell people don't go down that road of psychedelics. Because it's it, sure it's full of love and peace and light at first, but you're getting into a labyrinth of demonic entities. And it, it's really hard to talk about this stuff because people just, they just turn their ears off, go, oh man, what? See, I mean, we, we, it, look at it this way. You can't use the word demon in a scientific circle, but you can use the word alien. Like, have we ever contacted aliens? No. I could actually go into, you know, Harvard. I could say to the astrophysics department at Stanford and say, you know, the Frank Drake's equation, because <laughs> Frank Drake did an equation on the, um, like the kind of like the distribution of carbon and hydrogen in the universe and the likelihood on that distribution ratio of there being extraterrestrial life. And Frank Drake is this famous astrophysicist. And he, Frank Drake was actually my professor at UCSC. I actually knew him. I, I took um, upper division astrophysics um, at, at UCSC, and um, I talked to the guy. Um, but he has a famous equation talking about alien life. So I could go into these academic, scholastic arenas, and I could say, you know, I think if we do contact alien life, here's what we should do. And people will very sober and seriously talk with me for hours about this, okay? I mean, what am I talking about? We've never contacted alien life. We've never proven there's anything beyond actually 100 miles. I mean, NASA's just CGI. So how is it that I can talk about aliens as if I'm talking about, you know, Sam down the street, but I can't use the word demon or on some kind of nut? See, that's how far the Jesuits have gotten the world. They got, got us to the point where um, simulation theory is now being postulated as a reasonable explanation for our reality. The fact that we are living in a computer simulation. And I'm sure you've heard about this, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a big thing nowadays. Yeah, it, it started with The Matrix, the movie called The Matrix. And it's the idea that, and, and they're, they're seriously entertaining this in the astrophysical circles, yeah, the, the college circuit. Um, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Michio Kaku, they're really serious, you know. Yeah, the universe is code. It's computer code. You know, when I first heard that, I thought, wow, that's, that sounds like it's right. Like, that's probably it. You know, right? Because people like you and people like me, if it's off the beaten path, it sounds like it could be right. <laughs> so we kind of can be deceived in some ways, easier than others. Because I'm pretty much open to anything um, in, in terms of research. Whereas a lot of people will close their minds 
if um, if a certain topic comes their way. So I was like, yeah, it's computer code. And, and David Icke talked about it, and I respected David Icke. So I said, well, David Icke makes sense. Look, at, he took ayahuasca. <laughs> you know? So he knows about it's all computer code. It's holographic universe theory. It's a holograph, a hologram, and it's a simulation. And then, you know, the the big computer pro- pro- programmer in the sky, that, that's God. And then God is an alien. I mean, it just all dovetails together. And so simulation theory is just a computer matrix metaphor. But this is what I see, Daniel, because uh, I think we can have our cake and eat it too. <laughs> we can have our science fiction, which I love to watch science fiction, but I can also emphasize the word fiction and continue to enjoy it. Simulation theory is a computer matrix metaphor to posit or to propose a reconfiguration of reality based upon Babylonian Egyptian hermeticism. So simulation theory pretends to be spiritual. It's it's right on the cusp. It's the Jesuit I call it the Jesuit religion. And the Jesuit religion is not Vatican Christianity, no Catholicism. The Jesuit religion is astrophysics. It's astrotheology. It's Babylonian occultism. It's Kabbalah. So all of this simulation theory, holographic universe theory, the universe is a computer matrix coding system. Um, it's just metaphorical talk, which pretends to be very spiritual. You know, it's like, I call it quantum mystical, as though everything's coming out of an ancient, hermetic, satanic, Babylonian, Egyptian, you know, book of thought, the emerald tablets. Like, everything's coming out of, like, the, the truth is to be found in the book of thought, or the emerald tablets. And we'll discover that as it is above, so it is below. And it's a simulation. And it's atomistic. It's atoms. And, you know, all these things. Um, you see how, then do you notice the more I talk where you can't quite figure out if I'm talking about occultism or I'm talking about quantum physics? See, they blurred the line so well that the more I talk about quantum physics, the more it starts to sound like uh, Fritz Joff Kapper's The Tao of Physics, you know, Eastern mysticism. And the more I talk about Eastern mysticism and Kabbalah and Hermeticism and Babylonian mysticism and necromancy, the more it starts to sound like the equations that you read on blackboards in quantum physics. Because it's all coming from the same wicked, Luciferian mouth. All of it. And so the, the look at the Eastern mystics West or Western Eastern European um, quantum physicists, uh, Niels Bohr, Max Planck, the pioneers of quantum physics were actually steeped in Eastern mystical capitalistic thinking. So what they did is they repackaged Kabbalah and they introduced it to the world as um, you know Big Bang cosmology, quantum physics, uh, dark matter, um, all these things are nothing but repackaged mysticism. So. To, to bring that back, simulation theory um, is a metaphor. Uh, outer space is a metaphor. Holographic universe is a metaphor. That we're being taught is science and real, but it's a metaphor for their occult religion. And they want us thinking about simulation 
They want us thinking about the reconfiguration of reality using digital artificial intelligent mechanisms. They want you to be chasing that white rabbit as much as possible and to learn all you can about a world that is digital in construction and holographic and reconfigurable. And the ultimate idea is to trash it and then like a phoenix and to rebuild it in their own image, in the image of Lucifer. I call it the image of the beast. Um, that They're trying to build the beast, the image of the beast, and and uh, they want to move you into it in, in a hive mind mentality. You'll be connected, like the Internet of Things, you'll be connected to it like a hive mind. So, yeah, simulation theory. Yeah, and again with a lot of these things that people are seeing these paranormal things like aliens um wolfman bigfoot uh there's so many different paranormal type of cryptozoology cryptid creatures that people see uh but there's yeah. also this stuff in alien lore about these underground bases with all kinds of strange things going on like cloning and it, it very well could be that there's just advanced technology down there and there's humans that are creating the gray aliens or creating reptilian aliens, or they might be people wearing rubber suits or it might be puppetry or, or robotics or holograms. There's so many possibilities. Well, that's the thing is that, I mean, I, what I'm saying is that my, the pet peeves that I um, just call this program, Greg's pet peeves, <laughs> the, the, the pet peeve that I introduced at the very beginning is that, People have locked jaws on this stuff as if it's fact, where it was just a lot of interesting stories that were, you know, fantasy-based at the very beginning. I'm just alarmed that – I'm not saying it's really, you know, true or not true. I'm not saying I – mean, I don't even know. There could be outer space. I, I can't prove any of these things for sure. For all I know, the, there's a universe. The, um, the Earth is completely exactly spherical. I don't know, you know. I'm real suspicious of that idea, but um, ancient aliens, bases, Area 51, the greys, hidden technology, artificial intelligence being nothing but a, a resurrection of ancient technology. You know, some say that artificial intelligence is um, basically running the show and it's getting us to create um, like itself. <laughs> you know, that's another theory that AI is a hoax. And it, it's kind of like creating itself through us. I mean, these things I don't know. I'm bringing up a thousand things. I had an interesting theory. It, I had a yeah. theory about that. Um, even with these shadow beings, one thing I noticed about them is they seem to be made out of this black, smoky material. And when you look at some of the mm. science fiction, the nanobots and some of the science fiction that float around, um, these shadow beings almost look like they could be collections of nanobots just kind of floating around and forming different shapes. Interesting. So it's like you're... You're kind of seeing the grand synthesis of what you're learning in science come together in some of these more occult um, observations that you're having. Yeah, and what got me was this uh, a kid named Max Spears that um, he was supposedly one of these uh, super soldiers that that died, and uh, he was giving away some information before his death, and he was talking about um, being observed by these shadow beings and these shadow spiders, and he drew uh, – 
no, what he said was that it had something to do with this AI, the, the same AI that you mentioned earlier when you said that it's possible that the AI is, been, is actually running the show. Well, he, he said yeah. that these things were being sent by that AI, and I started thinking, well, who's to say that those aren't just nanobots then? Right. Well, I mean, aren't, aren't we ultimately just playing games with words, semantic games? Because it, say you want to call it a, AI, okay, well, couldn't you just call it Satan? <laughs> I mean, think yeah. about it. They're, 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 they're just taking ancient spiritual, you know, warfare, and they're just renaming stuff in a secular, atheistic, materialistic way. That's all that's happening. And it's so hard for us to, to not be mystified and confused because there's so much stuff coming at us that appears to be, you know, legitimate science and real that we're, we're fully embracing um, a quasi-mediated scientific world. See, it's all being mediated by a scientific interpretation so that you won't question. You'll go, oh, yeah, that sounds reasonable. You know, because we were taught in the vernacular of this um, Luciferian scientific paradigm. So now we're fully open to accept all the things that you just talked about, the grays, um, artificial intelligence being in charge, um, space being real. All these things are very, very plausible all of a sudden to us, not all of a sudden, but seems like that, because they've been, um, the matriculation of those concepts has been so thoroughly uh, washed into our minds over hundreds of years. So I'm suspicious, is what I'm saying, as to the kind of like the um, reality of a lot of the stuff that we're finding to be real in a scientific-based way. I think what we're seeing is just repackaged occult metaphoric ideas. They're just they're just packaging repackaging what a demon would be, you know, calling it an alien, or they're repackaging Luciferian energy and they're calling it AI. They're just changing the name, and so we, I don't. That's why I tell people that I don't, I don't get too lost in the scientific paradigms because I can see how it's just repackaging ancient occult ideas. So I. I think in the same way that if someone takes acid, um, they have interdimensional tripping out, you know, they could have demonic, demonic things. I think that's kind of what's going on. Is that it's a, uh, again, I call it quasi psychedelic. Um, and it's mediated by digital technology. So it's a quasi psychedelic experience. If that makes sense to people. So it's a quasi psychedelic experience mediated through digital channels, and digital, I mean, AI, computer, virtual channels, uh, simulation theory concepts, all of these digital, techno-mystical, quantum-mystical avenues are a way of entrancing us, seducing us, mesmerizing us, making the reconfiguration of reality believable. And this is, this is hard stuff for anyone to get their mind around. You know, this is really advanced stuff. And so I'm trying to reduce it and constellate it and condense it into something that actually makes sense to your average person. It's a big job. And so I try to use language pretty powerful so that people scratch their heads. I want someone to um, stop in their tracks and go, what? did he just say? And that's 
the only way I think I'm going to get through to anybody. Because I just keep rambling on about Anunnaki and aliens and like everyone else is doing. Um, we're, we're going nowhere except into the, the, the total acceptance of an alien, a Jesuit alien um, invasion or alien messiah um, and believing it's actually, you know, the, the true messiah as opposed to being an antichrist demonic reconfiguration. This is magic, Daniel. See, I don't like to use the word science. I'm calling what it is now. It's, it's black. It's dark magic. It's Babylonian magic. People like to go, oh, you mean what you're trying to say is that magic is, you know, Arthur C. Clarke talked about how any, uh, you can't understand, I don't know the exact quote, you, you can't understand a science that appears to be magic. I'm going to flip that around. I'm going to say that the science that we, um, we say, oh, see, it's not really magic. It's actually science. I'm going to say, no, no, the science that we call science is actually magic. By, by magic, I mean connected to demonic spirit. It's not just I made a cell phone. It's called Black Mirror, right? Turn off your phone. Black Mirror. It's a scrying device. I can see into the future. I can get mystical knowledge. It's a cult. Your cell phone is an occult manifestation. And so they've connected all of those in, this, in the Black Mirror. And of course, you've heard of Black Mirror on Netflix. And so um, it's not science. <laughs> Everyone calls these things science. No, it's black magic. And it didn't come out of somebody just being a very smart scientist. It came from what you were mentioning. It came from occult connections, from spiritual rituals. It came from Jack Parsons' mentality connected to sex magic and um, uh, the Book of the Law by Alistair Crowley and the Book of Thought, the Emerald Tablets, um, Hermes. It comes from plugging into darker Luciferian um, reservoirs of intellectual power. The apple. Eat this. Get this knowledge. So it's hard for me to talk to people on um, two different levels at the same time. You know, one is scientific vernacular and one is that it's actually spiritual occult war going on. But I'm starting to take the gloves off with people more and more and, and sort of pussyfoot around. I'm, trying to, I'm starting to tell people I'm not really playing around with your heliocentric fantasy anymore. You know, the idea that, oh, yeah, there's all these things and these forces up in the outer space and the hobble. And I'm like, I just tell people right away, I go, hey, um, I think it's all bullshit, actually. Can you prove any of the things you're saying? <laughs> and people get upset. They go, well, you know, I've seen pictures from NASA. I go, oh, great. The greatest film production company in the world, NASA. And so, and I'm not going to try to bring this into a flat Earth discussion, but I think it's all connected is what I'm saying. You know, people who made... They've made flat earth a religion, and flat earth is not a religion. Flat earth is just a zyetic um, astrology, ge a geographic exploration of where you live. And when, when you, people make a religion out of flat earth, I think they totally miss the boat. So I, when, sometimes on my Twitter, I say, I'm not going to argue flat earth with anybody. You go, you go check it out. You go do a thousand, there's a thousand websites being made uh, new websites every second about flat earth. There's millions. Go <laughs> check it out. And you know, like in the time that I've been talking to you today, 
uh, 50 million new websites on flat Earth just appeared on the internet. There's no end to Google searches, and if you want to find out, and so, but people are making it a religion. I, I, I don't think it even matters ultimately. Let's say the Earth is a trapezoid. Who cares? <laughs> it just doesn't matter. What matters is that we're. You see what I'm saying? What matters is that we're being led into a transhumanistic digital techno-mystical prison. That's what matters. You know what blows so, my mind? What, yeah. what blows my mind is, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that believe in God. Like, there's so many parishioners out there that go to church every Sunday. But a lot of these people, I've talked to a lot of them, they, for whatever reason, they don't believe in Satan, they don't believe in the devil, they don't believe in Lucifer. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. All these people out there, they believe in God, but they don't believe that there would be, like, a, a counter or an opposite or, or, or a negative there. Well, I think people have been hammered so hard by the Luciferian culture. Like I said in my last book, um, it's a Luciferian culture, and we've all been indoctrinated. And if you get hammered really hard by your friends and your parents and school and you know, everyone you know to believe in a certain or think in a certain um, worldview, a, a framework, paradigm, you're going to keep deviating your mind away from anything that gets you more ridicule or scorned. You have to be pretty thick-skinned. You have to be a pretty powerful thinker to say the things that you know we're talking about tonight. And most people, you know, they don't have experience with that kind of thinking, I guess you could say. Uh, so they just keep going with the, you know the crowd, and eventually, there's just a lot of hot spots. I mean, some people, it's like, yes, I believe in God. And, and this and that, but if you talk about, like you say, demonic forces, they kind of go, oh, well, you're going too far with it. <laughs> okay, so um, there's just God, and uh, everything else is just hunky-dory, I guess. <laughs> you know, so um, it, it, it basically people aren't thinking things through because the cognitive dissonance is painful. If you get scorned and ridiculed too much, it's painful um, to think that there's another truth that goes against the truth that you were taught by this powerful consensus group. And that's what science is all about. It's a neo-scholastic, fascist, neo-scholastic realm where you can't go out of the box. And so I can talk about aliens at Stanford, and, you know, to me, that's, you know, talking about Zeus, talking about, like, Greek mythology. To them, it's like, no, oh, that's highly plausible. But then, same place, you mentioned, you know, Lucifer. They're like, oh, come on. Everyone knows that that's just a fairy tale. Okay, so you end up kind of like traveling in certain circles, I guess you could say. And so you, you end up where you end up. And so I've ended up, and I'm alone a lot because there's not many people. Well, like I said, I have a really good friend, Michael Epperson, um, who's really sharp on a lot of this stuff. So we talk at length. Like, I hope he's listening in tonight, or I hope he calls in tonight. That would be great. Um, but can't talk to too many people about when you go down this far into looking at deceptions. Um, I think, Daniel, we have to develop our own nomenclature, our own code 
to discuss these things so that people will be open to them um, and not be alarmed as to what we're saying. And so yeah, in the same way that Jesuit... I think that is part what? of the... I think that's part of the deception, though. It's kind of got that resistance inbuilt. It was what? Say it again? Oh, it's it's got kind of its own resistance or immune system kind of built into it. You You kind of alluded to that earlier, that if you do try to change people's minds like well one experience i've had is i've talked about all this stuff i've talked about uh you know flat earth reptilians uh, just about any sure. sort of paranormal topic and I, i've never really gotten any flack for it but um the second i started really hammering the luciferian thing i started getting all these weirdos just acting really nutty around me yeah yeah it's like um you know it's like go go no farther sign all of a sudden it's yes. put in front of you. Um, it's, it's kind of like, again, it's the science, it's the science that's locked us down. It's like, just, just think about Darwinism. Um, it's a scientific theory. It, it's not a fact. I mean, the idea, there's, there's no intermediary fossils. The molecular clockwork doesn't work out. The genetic composition of different creatures, that whole argument doesn't work either. And they say that, oh, there's this, the genetic um, but the DNA content in uh, a monkey is similar to a man. You know, there's, because there's a similarity, then one must come from the other, right? Well, um, I'm composed of carbon, and my table is composed of carbon, and does that mean that I came from the table? See, these are the types of fallacious philosophic arguments that people in science are using, and people don't have a lot of background in logic, so they just believe it. So think about Darwinism. It would have been jettisoned a long time ago. But the doctrine of evolution, uh, it swept the world not on the strength of its scientific merits, but precisely on its capacity to advance forward as a Gnostic myth. So it's Gnosticism that kind of like where this all comes from. It's like, and people say, oh, Christian Gnosticism, but that's okay. Well, Christian Gnosticism is, again, is an inversion of the Garden of Eden story, so that Lucifer is the real God. Uh, people say, yeah, but I mean, you could just get this knowledge, and you could be, like, you know, really smart. <laughs> and I'll say, well, knock yourself out. Try it, you know? I mean, you tangle yourself up for years. And so that's what science has done to us. We're We're all confused about is artificial intelligence real are aliens real are they living underground um i mean it's all it's all possible at this point you know if we're living in a simulation they've got it to the point by factoring out christ and factoring out the bible they've got it to the point where anything is possible so now everyone's open to, it's like taking acid. That's what I call quasi-psychedelic experience mediated by digital technology. We're all open to the big deceptions now. They got everybody, me included. Yeah, I, they, I've been really, <laughs> I, I mean, I myself, not only have I uh, you know, mistakenly pushed a lot of uh, disinformation, but also 
uh, you know, getting interested in, in magic and in occult and um, this whole idea of creating your own reality and thinking of yourself as a god, uh, I had no idea, right. but I was actually getting into a form of Luciferianism. Absolutely. Well, that's why um, I'm not going to mention his name on the air. Um, he's a nice guy, but kind of like more involved in the business and marketing end of conspiracy theories. I'm not going to say his name. But he's a nice guy. But and then his uh, declares the truth. I was kind of like, you know, you guys are really. They were like, wow, this guy's figuring out the Luciferian thing. Like nobody in the world. Like they were all saying that. And I said, um, yeah, what I'm figuring out is that you guys are like worshiping Lucifer. <laughs> like all of you. Yeah, and then they blocked me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, with all the stuff that's so you know shiny, the shiny new toy. Um, you know, because Lucifer comes as an angel of light. You know, people study light, and they think it's light, love, peace, joy, light, and photons, and light. See, light and helios, light, the sun, helios, heliocentric. See, the Jesuits are occultists. They put light in Freemasons' halls. They have the sun. It's light. Lucifer, the angel of light. <laughs> See, they worship light. And people say, well, how could that be bad? <laughs> like, uh, so, Greg, are you into the dark? <laughs> I say, no, but it's, it's deception. See, the light of Lucifer is deception, the angel of light. And so we always go for it. Intellectual knowledge, um, power, mental, uh, loving people. You know, Christ, you realize he said, I didn't come to bring love. He said, I come to bring a sword. <laughs> you know, oh, people hate that. Like, oh, he's such an asshole. You know, Christ came to bring a sword to divide families. <laughs> like, what an asshole, right? But what was he talking about? Well, he didn't come to bring light. You know, God isn't light. See, that's Luciferian, and it, that's why photons are a big deal in uh, astrophysics and science. Photons. Light. It's a big deal. What did, what did Einstein talk about? The bending of light. You know, it's all about light. Okay, so the Christian idea is that God isn't light. You know, God created light, you know, created the sun. But see, here's what's going on. The Luciferians have us worshipping the creation not the creator. See how that works? The, the creature. Worshipping ourselves. That's what's going on. We're worshipping the creature. And so, the Bible and Christ talks about worshipping the creator. Worshipping God. So, we're taught that that's absolutely stupid. I'm not going to bow down to any god. Right? That's the, you hear people in the New Age. You know, I'm not going to bow down to a god. Like, okay, so what is that? We're looking at hubris. We're looking at arrogance. And, and we all suffer from this. You know, and that's why I think the Christian, the Christian idea talks at length about um, having enough humility to accept the gift of Christ. Because if you're without humility, you know, why would you? It's, <laughs> it's like, I don't need that. It's like, I, I'm just doing fine without that. And so... I think what we're talking about is the ultimate 
narcissistic energy in the world, Lucifer. And when there's a guy, it would be really cool if you were able to put your head together with this guy one of these days, Robert Stanley. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he talks about some pretty pretty trippy stuff, and he he says something very similar to what you just said. And if you could like just talk to him even for ten minutes one of these days, oh my god, I I know that would be explosive. Oh yeah, I'm sure that'd be great. He's probably more uh, well versed in in biblical things than I. Is he more biblically based? Is he biblically based? Well, with him. Uh, he he's saying a lot of the same things, except in in his view, Lucifer is more of like an alien or or some sort of interdimensional being. Uh, right. Yeah. So it's it's a little different, but um, so much of the I, I think the truth kind of just shines through on some level for everybody, and uh, you know some people have yeah. um, you know some people are just lost in disinfo, and then others have it uh, pretty close. That's been my experience after interviewing you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And you yeah. like you, your your work and yourself, you caught my on Twitter, my eye on Twitter because I I immediately recognized uh, what you were putting on there as truth, and I was like, oh my god, this is like, um, th- this is what I'm after. Like I immediately felt a little tug, like this is where I need to chase. Yeah, a lot of people have said things similar to that. Like talking about the you know the alien intelligence being actually a demonic force, which is not a new idea, right? And science fiction outer space <laughs> and the Vatican deception. But then I go into these other places where I, I keep throwing little nuggets out there um, to say that there's actually more deceptions with these deceptions. And I think people, um, I think we kind of know that we're close, but but we, we you go through layers of deception and, you know, you think, hey, this is the end of the road. Like there's going to be an alien Antichrist deception, and um, and it dovetails into scientism, like what I'm talking about, and and quantum mysticism, and astrotheological techno mystical paradigms, and we all, you know. So when I say things, people go, yeah, yeah, that's that's the truth. But ultimately, um, I don't have still the full picture. You know, I, I may be one of those people that's pretty darn close. You know, I, I do read enough and hear enough and talk enough and see enough to know that what I'm saying is um, not being said by too many people. But, as you just said, the core of what I'm saying is that there is a, you know, a Luciferian trick being played. And that, you know, like the apple, just eat this knowledge. You know, this, you'll be, it's apotheosis. You will be as God. And so, even searching for the truth is a little bit like falling for Lucifer's trick. See, even even when you search for the truth, you know, like you are and I am, we're still kind of being led by Lucifer because he wants us to keep searching for this. And this is why it's so tricky, you see? And at some point, you have to, you have to come clean with yourself and go, okay, I need to investigate this Christ idea more than anything. And not to, not that people should like, oh, I have to just become Christian? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to look into um, all these Luciferian deceptions and why they've been set in place. Like, what's the reason? Where are we being led? That's it. And now, that's where I come to uh, transhumanism. 
is that the apotheosis, the becoming God idea, is a uh, transhumanistic vision, of ancient vision of the Babylonian occult, you know, to become God. Um, and now they're preaching it through the vernacular of transhumanism. And you've got movies like Transcendence with Johnny Depp, you know, and the idea of uploading consciousness and uh, genetic engineering, where we actually go to that place of God, you know, and it sounds great, right? Who would fight it? Except for the fact that the elite intend to position themselves as these gods and uh, just basically kill everyone else. And yeah, so they're, that's they're a so big, good at it, too. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you yeah. said, like, you're talking about how Lucifer, he's the master of deception. And what's funny is it's like everything is, like, inverted, flipped on its head. Yeah. It's 99% yeah. true, but it's that 1%, that little bit of deception that turns the whole thing on its head. It's really layers and layers of these inversions, and we don't know. His name's Satan, his name's Lucifer, his name's Loki or yeah. Enki or Basilbub or Thank Baal. You. And, yeah, there's so many yeah. different names for him himself. And then on top of that, you have all this different alien disinfo. Is it the reptilians? Is it demons? Is it technology? It's yeah. like we're so lost that it can almost make you insane just getting lost in all this deception. And that's why people, they, they tap out. You know, I, I think they get, like, you know, if you go down, if you spend years, um, I mean, think about it. To anyone your normal person, to anyone listening to us tonight that's just your normal, you know, run-of-the-mill person, would think we are absolutely psychotic <laughs> in, in every way, right? Yeah. But what, <laughs> really, think about it. But what we're doing is, you know, we're at such a, uh, it's like being in a PhD program. It's, an, it, it's a new language. And I pretty much almost, in a way, single-handedly invented my own language of talking about all this. You know, if you read my book or even the tweets I'm making, I'm kind of like inventing my own personal Greg Garrett language of, of describing everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm really precise with words because we don't have a lot of time to fuck around. <laughs> it's not... You know, I can't, like, go around Robin's barn forever and, and just say, well, you know write uh, like 50,000 books on it, pretty much have to drop bombs on people, or literary bombs, and get them to think. And if, if enough people, I don't know, is there the possibility of turning this around? I don't know. But I just kind of want, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not thinking of even turning it around anymore. I'm just thinking of, like, can, is there salvation from this? Like, are we just going to all go into a transhumanistic hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting, and and I'm just to your to the part of your book where you're getting into this, where you're talking about um, revelations, and it seems like these people are trying to make it come true. That's so strange. Yeah. Oh, that's like um. Basically, I I wrote a chapter. Um, it was called "Is the Bible." Is the Bible um, prophecy or a blueprint? Yeah. I think maybe that's where you are in my book. And so the, I was like, oh, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a prophecy, then, um, you know, real prophecy, then, you know, we, we better pay attention and we're, we're going to have an Antichrist come. <laughs> you know, Armageddon. 
know, like, heads up, guys, this is real. I mean, war, Antichrist. Um, but if it's a blueprint, then they're following it, like they're trying to make it happen. Okay, and then the other thing is, it could be both. It could be the Word of God, and they're also following it, and they're trying to make it happen a little bit faster than it should. Because if you notice, you know, the New Jerusalem that Trump just recognized, and, um, you know, the Israel Israel's just about to kill everybody in the world, you know, <laughs> Iran, and, like, all their enemies are being wiped out using the American military. And, and so we're seeing the end times happen, but they're, like, trying to accelerate the process. Like, they want to get the Antichrist unveiled quicker than um, the Bible states it should happen. Because the prophecy, I think it's something like the New Jerusalem will happen and the Antichrist appears. But they're trying to, like, accelerate geopolitically all these events from the Bible so that they can, like, have it happen um, right away. But if the Bible's prophecy, you can't speed it. Like, if it's actually a, a, some kind of archetype plan by God, it, how, we can't rush it. It's going to happen, as they say, in God's time. So that's the other thing. Is it a blueprint? Um, are they following it like a blueprint? Or is it both the Word of God and the blueprint? I don't have the answer. But I know, whatever it is, it is happening exactly like it says in this book called the Bible, whether it's being followed as a blueprint or a prophecy, it is happening. That's undeniable. And so we have to pay attention. We can't just go, oh, well, you know, it's okay. You know, things will just blow over. <laughs> no, it's, it's racing towards, you know, apocalyptic Armageddon, Antichrist stuff. Um, and that's, that's where the, um, that's the only reason I'm still kind of even talking or writing about this stuff, because I think, um, there, there will be a, a choice. Like I, I told my friend Michael Epperson in the car, I said, hey, so you'll have to make a choice between accepting transhumanistic technology and intermeshing or interlacing, you know, with this technology or die. Because if you don't take it, eventually they'll, we're back to your FEMA camps, you know, rounding up all the people that refuse this technology. Because they're, they're just holding, they're holding the world back. See, the, the age of Aquarius, the new age is where they're trying to take it, yeah. Luciferian age. And they're, they're holding this age of Pisces, this Christian thing, is holding everyone back. And they can destroy Christianity and then destroy the Christians. So now, if, if the Christians are wrong and, um, you know, just waltz on in, into transhumanistic matrix land and everything's going to be okay, then fine. But have we seen any elite organization in the history of the world use power in a friendly way? Or does it always just corrupt the shit out of them and they enslave and torture any, like the goyim, you know, like the Jews call us the goyim, the ones that aren't of their Ashkenazi um, bloodline, where the go what goyim means cattle. We're just stupid cattle that they use as slaves, um, you know, through corporations, in corporations, like as slaves, or they just kill us when they want. And we're too stupid to figure out that they're wicked, so we deserve to die. And I, I tweeted that the other day on my Twitter. I said, you know, they, they want to kill us because they think we're too stupid to, that we're so stupid that we trust in the elite. We trust in them 
that's so stupid, so we deserve to die for being... And, and they're right. But at the same time, no, we're not all that stupid, right? Um, if that's the game, like the prophecy, it's hard one to, to swallow that Christ is supposed to redeem this and it's supposed to happen, and if you accept Christ, you're, you're good, you're fine. If that's really the game, um, I think we need to figure that out. That's why I'm still in the game. I think we need to figure that out. Because if, if there's only two options, one, go with the New Age, the Luciferian technologies, or two, reject it and be killed, but accept Christ and live eternally. So it's like one, eternal hell. The other choice, eternal heaven. Now, to me, that's a serious thing to, to look into. I, I'm not giving people the answer. I'm just saying that's, I'm just putting it on the table. You see what I'm saying, Daniel? I'm just, I'm laying it on the table. That's the choice. I have to wonder with all this deception out there, uh, perhaps because they are putting together a new world order, they want to unite the currency, um, break down all borders. Uh, perhaps they're building this one world government so it could have one throne and the Antichrist could sit on top of that throne. Oh, yeah, that sounds like um, it's like the very, very last chapter I was writing in my next book. Um, well, actually, I think that's the I think that's the very cover page <laughs> that you just kind of um, kind of like hinted at, like the very first page of this book. I talk about uh, like the title, I mean, the, the cover page. I say, um, like the title of the book, I say, One Deception to Rule Them All, the Luciferian AI, you know, artificial intelligence, alien deception, mystery, Babylon, revisited. This is the title page. I, I know you like that part, right? Mystery, Babylon, revisited. <laughs> the ruins of Babylon. <laughs> yeah, I got a little And then I said, that. well, yeah, that's a nod to you right there. Um, and then the other part of it is placing the capstone on the great work of the ages by placing Lucifer on the throne of the world. Okay, that's the title page. Placing the capstone on the great work of the ages by placing Lucifer on the throne of the world. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be an actual person. Like, I'm Lucifer. It can be a Luciferian power, an entity energy, you know what I mean? It, it could be a Luciferian government on the throne of the world. And I think that's what you're getting at. And so this is the capstone lowering part, like on the back of your dollar bill and the, the capstone's hovering above. They're lowering the capstone on this pyramid. And it's this one world government, one world economic system, cryptocurrency. You see how they're leading us um, you know, it used to be dollar bills and credit cards, and then you got to basically, uh, you know, um, RF, now we have chips in the credit cards. <laughs> you know, we're like one step away from them chipping your hand, right? Yeah, they're, they're, by <laughs> like, the time it finally gets rolled out, it's like they're getting us all prepared, so we're going to beg for it. Absolutely. Oh, that's, I'm glad you said that. That's, people said, um, Will it be like 1984 with a, a jackboot on your throat till the end of time? I go, no, it's going to be not George Orwell. It's going to be Oddless Huxley. It's going to be Brave New World. It's going to be uh, psychedelics and uh, promiscuous sex 
no marriage. You know, people encouraged to have sex with, for just pleasure and never get married and, and never have children that test tubes will take care of. Now, what are we seeing in today's world? Okay, people are pushing each other to have promiscuous sex, right? Avoid marriage. Um, everyone I know is like, oh, I'm not going to have kids. <laughs> it's exactly what Brave New World and Oddless Huxley was an Illuminati insider, by the way. So Brave New World, I, I always tell people, Brave New World is not a novel. It's a handbook. <laughs> Brave New World is a handbook. They're creating a um, a technological dystopian Luciferian future for us where they take care of breeding, test tubes. They take, they take care of all reproduction. We just are encouraged to be sexual, um, drugged up, to chase mostly sex. They want us to really just chase sex all the time, <laughs> sex and drugs, and, you know, like rock and roll, basically. Um, and that we will be seeing these technologies, the wristbands and Google glasses, and then interfacing, USB interfacing with your computer, you just plug it into your arm, um, Neuralacing and Oculus Rift and uh, Ready Player One Oasis types of gaming situations. A more and a lot of sex online. Like it's it's going to be like sex online. Everyone's going to be plugged in to a virtual sex. <laughs> uh, the Oasis will be a virtual sex suit that you wear with sensors on it. Okay, so that's all shiny technology. And and when they, as you said, as they roll it out. People will not fight it like 1984. It'll be Brave New World. They'll beg for it, okay? And it's not just begging for it because the world's good, too. It'll also be, you know, like a destruction and war, so people will beg for help. And they'll say, hey, we have life extension technologies. You know, just plug you in right here. And so, but it's really all going, it's all the angel of light. It's, it, I always tell people, it's going to be probably in a way, very, very abundant for a while. It's going to, if, you know, in Germany, when Hitler came to power, um, there was massive abundance in Germany. It was like the most abundant and prosperous country in the world. But then what happened? Okay, so that's the United States. And, and Trump might make it the most abundant country in the world. And everyone will have jobs. And everyone's going to be happy. But it's just a setup for war, massive war. And so that's what you're seeing, all these technologies. Yeah, you know, light. another thing about what you said about how um, they're using sexuality to um, lure people into this, I think another aspect of that would be almost, um, I guess you could say it's a perversion of sexuality because so many people are into, like, these weird fetishes, animals, um, rubber, you know, the list goes on and on. There's people that are into mating with, like, they put on these furry suits and, and they do it that way. It almost seems like something's trying to get people off just, like, normal sex between a man and a woman for some reason. Well, that's the, uh, the um, Luciferian, like the Jesuit idea. If you can destroy Christianity and if you can destroy the Christian family, then you can create a communist socialistic world. In other words, a one-world government, right? So all you do is you push, and this is what the Ashkenazi, I'm not going to use the word Jew because people just, they don't, they don't understand that, but it, the Ashkenazi bloodline, um, uh, the Frankfurt School from Germany, cultural Marxism, 
the Tavistock Institute, all these think tanks were propagating, and Marcuse from the uh, the Frankfurt School, um, and again, cultural Marxism, were propagating all of these very, very kind of satanic views of sexuality. Uh, Hollywood, Jesuit Illuminati Hollywood, and they want people to be thinking about, you know, chasing sexual highs more than raising children. So they did that. Yes, movie. wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. My God, wow. Yeah, see, and it's all it's all engineered, social engineering at the highest level. Again, if you look into the Frank, anyone listening, look into the Frankfurt School of Germany and look into cultural Marxism, um, look into Tavistock Institute, and just start looking into how our country became the way it is. It wasn't a feminism. Feminism was a social engineering project. It didn't just you know, happen out of nowhere. They're trying to destroy um, the Ashkenazi, you know, or the synagogue of Satan, I'll call them that. <laughs> I'm always offending somebody, so all this. <laughs> um, they're trying to destroy the Christian family. And so, because that's the only obstacle to their socialist, communist, new world order. Um, as long as people are having kids and raising their kids and focusing on educating their own kids, they can't have the new world order. So they're trying to make sure people are promiscuous and sexually hypersexualized. They, they hypersexualize Hollywood. And, that, and of course, what's really going on now is pedophilia. Because all these Satanists and Luciferians are, are pedophiles. And I don't mean like having sex with 11-year-olds. I mean having sex with three-year-old babies. You know, these are Satanists. And, and then killing them. They are complete Satanists. They want to make you the same way. See, this is why people don't understand. They think, oh, they're going to hide all this. They're hiding the pedophilia. They're, no, they're not hiding it. Like Trump's supposed to be fighting the pedophiles. and you know. No, that's not what's happening. They're unveiling it. See, it's in the news not because they don't want it. They want you to find out. Yeah, you know, at the, at the same time as, as this stuff's going on, they're introducing these child sex robots. Right, exactly. Child sex robots, um, they're uh, in the news, they're talking about, you know, the pedophiles of Hollywood, okay? And people think, oh, so we're, we're actually, we're finding out all the nitty-gritty, dirty truth. No, they're unveiling it. It's the externalization of a hierarchy. They want us to know all of these satanic things, fetishes and violence and killing and raping and... Uh, pedophilia and blood sacrifice, blood rituals, human sacrifice. It's not because they just want to exhibit it. They want a Luciferian, satanic, one-world government. They want you to indulge in these satanic rituals. They want you to become um, involved in pedophilia and human sacrifice. It's not because they're just like trying to hide it and it's coming out. That's why I'm kind of laughing at everyone, you know, finding out about all this stuff. I'm like, look, they, it's not like they're hiding it. <laughs> I mean, look at Hollywood films. They're not hiding a thing. <laughs> Bank robbery, murder, genocide, violence, incest, it's all there. That's what they want. Anything that perverts the creation of God. And see, this is why Christian Christianity is public enemy number one to them. What is Christianity but a huge compendium of moral structures from God? 
it's pretty crystal clear. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not use the, the Lord's name in vain. Or <laughs> thou shalt not um, have false idols. It goes on and on. And so we've made a fetish and an idol of technology. And so I think I tweeted something once that we we made a god or we worshipped we worshipped technology and we become the thing that we worship. So if you worship sex, you become a kind of sexual lower creature, right? If you worship gold, you become a very greedy, petty, materialistic creature. If you covet and worship technology, you become the thing you're worshiping. So what do people look at most of the day, especially younger people? What are they staring into? It's a little black box. You hold it in your hand and it lights up. So we're becoming, or right now I'm talking to you and there's a computer screen open and my cell phone's sitting here. Okay, we're, 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 um, these technologies, technologies are an extension of our soul at this point. We're becoming the thing that we reflect and ponder and look at. And so we are worshiping an idol. And that's why the Ten Commandments, you know, that's a huge problem for the Luciferians. Thou shalt not have any, these false idols. Not just a golden calf, but now it's a shiny phone. And I'm as guilty as anyone else, by the way. All the stuff I'm saying tonight, I'm not saying I'm above it. In fact, the opposite. I'm so deep in it, I'm just, I'm thoroughly qualified to expose it because <laughs> I'm in it. You know, I'm not looking at you and, and pointing fingers at this person and pointing, I'm looking at myself and going, wow, I have been trapped. And I don't even see a way out for myself. I'm not going to get rid of my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> that darn Twitter is addicting. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Well, Twitter is helping me, you know, teach a few things too, right? Um, people say, well, if you hate technology or if technology is the enemy uh, and you're using technology, and I'll, and I'll say, yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> That's right. You know, but uh, but the other thing is, I'm really talking about scientism, um, also. And scientism is heliocentric theory, Big Bang cosmology, evolutionary theory, gravity, and those. I'm not I'm not I'm not really embracing that shit. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just talking about um, I'm you know using my car. It's technology, but I'm not worshiping my car. Um, but yeah, I am using technology, but. I can't say it's all innocent. I can't say, oh, I'm using the occult knowledge to fight the occult. Remember I talked about that an hour before? I said people think they can get occult secret teachings and use them against the occult. Like, I can meditate and I can do all these things with, um, you know, crystals and uh, tarot and Kabbalah and I'll yeah, become yeah. more enlightened. And but no, you're just going, they want you to do that. They want you to get tied in, in knots, in labyrinthian occult celestial states of, states of consciousness. They want you to do acid. They want you to do DMT. They, they want you. And so they and, want and you, you know, to touch your screen. That, yeah. that stuff about being a god and creating your reality and the idea you can do anything, like you have 
magical power. It works up until the point where you need to, like, bring this baby bird back to life and you can't do it. <laughs> That's true. It's like, you know, the animating life part, the Frankenstein part, right? Um, well, and the other thing is you die. You know, it's like, that's the, there's a huge, huge thorn in the side of the Luciferian transhumanistic occultist. And that is, um, the apotheosis vision gets stopped in its tracks when you die. <laughs> you know, apotheosis to become God, you know, immortal and eternal. But if you die at 92, well, so much for that vision. So that's a huge problem. That's why they're investing trillions of dollars and all their energies into transhumanism. That's the reason. They want to use genetic manipulation and cybernetic technologies and digital mystical quantum technologies. And, and to... another thing that they, they also push on all of us is this whole idea of, I think it's called moral relativism, where things aren't oh, right, right and right. wrong anymore. It's all like how it, how you perceive it and how it relates to you. That's really what defines, like there is no real right or wrong and pedophilia and everything else is okay. Yeah, I bought into that. Not, not pedophilia, but <laughs> I bought into um, the moral relative, relativistic viewpoint for a long time when I was in the New Age and back in college. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, if a lion kills you, is it right or wrong? Well, it, for the lion, it's not wrong, right? The, the lion kills you, it survives. It probably gets to eat you and survive even, you know, longer, right? But is it is it good for you? Well, it's good for the lion, and it's, you know, bad for the lamb, right? <laughs> it's bad for you. Okay, so it's relative. And I, I really thought, oh, it kind of makes sense, actually. Okay, so... Um, you know, I, I definitely was had my back turned to Christianity because the New Age teaches you how to turn your back to Christianity, right? So then I was like, okay. So then I, I came across a book. It's called Rel um, um, Moral Relativism, Feet Planted Firmly in Midair. <laughs> so I was like, okay. You know, feet planted firmly in midair. So the idea if you if there's no moral foundation and this is what this is why the freemasons invented um a supercharged evolutionary theory and darwinism they wanted you to be thinking that it's through evolutionary forces that we evolved and evolution has no moral structure evolution and darwinism just has natural selection whatever works works and so basically they were able to rape us and strip us of moral um, discretion by pushing evolution. That's kind of how they did it, really, and Darwinism. And it was, you know, science. And science has no morality. And so that's what we have. That's why all these things are working so well. Because, because there is no morality, and sophistry and philosophers have taught people that morality is relative. That's why kids will say, well, I, I can do anything I want. See, this is where it's coming from. It's coming from a social engineering pushing evolutionary theory and Darwinism in the uh, scientific realm. But it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really work because think about this, Daniel. What's wrong with this statement? Um, there's absolutely, or, um, oh no, everything, let's see, everything is relative. 
Okay, so um, everything's relative. Okay, so in including that statement, that statement's relative too. So if I say if I say everything, um, or, or there are, no, they say there are no absolutes. So that's what relativists say. There are no there are no moral absolutes. There's no absolutes. Okay, philosophically, there's a problem. I just asserted an absolute. I said there's no moral absolutes. No, there's, there's no way to have an absolute. If I say that there's no moral absolute, okay, that is a, an absolute I've just created. I'm telling everybody it is an absolute truth that there's no absolute. Do you see how it is all self-recursive, like tautologically self-devouring logic? It doesn't work. So as soon as you figure out that, oh, wait a minute, you know, I say everything's relative. Well, you know, what about that statement I just made? It, it really philosophically goes nowhere. So you end up, you end up either asserting uh, a moral lawmaker, a god, or you say, well, it's just the law of nature, which is what Christopher Hitchens and um, Charles Dawkins and all these um, atheistic, these new atheism pundits were doing. They were saying that, oh, no, without God, we're more moral. They were saying that the Bible teaches immorality and that Christians are immoral. And just look at the Crusades. You know, of course, those weren't Christians. Those were um, Christianity being infiltrated by Lucifer, Luciferians. So what they're saying is that the morality of nature is more benevolent than Christian morality. But it doesn't stand up to each other because red in tooth and claw, nature teaches kill or be killed and sexual reproduction. That's the only morality. You can genocide. This is why they did this. They, they stripped Christianity away from the game. And the only thing left was Darwinistic evolution. And that's why um, Hitler preached Darwinism. I mean, he, he gave speeches talking about Darwinism. You know, it was survival of the fittest or the most adaptable, at least. And so you can pretty much kill and maim and pedophilia and incest and a homicide. It's all good, as you say. It's all good, right, if you throw Christianity out of the equation because you have those commandments. <laughs> it's like, how do you get genocide out of thou shalt not kill? You can't. And so, again, there's all these reasons for them to destroy Christianity. And people say, well, it's just, a, it's just a moral system. There's no God. There's no absolute God. Well, where would these morals come from? If man is the absolute moral, uh, the creator of morals, like if you are the authority of your morality, um, then you must be the, the sovereign authority. Okay, but then you'd have to say to me, yeah, Greg, I actually created myself. I mean, this is where it gets kind of tricky. Because if you want to be the absolute moral authority, um, then you have to be the absolute moral um, progenitor of, of, of reality. You, know, you have to be the author. You have to be the maker, the creator. In other words, God. Okay, so in, um, an absolute moral system must come from an absolute moral maker, a God. And it's logical to arrive at God with an absolute moral system. So if they could get rid of an absolute moral system and said it was a relative moral system, now you can get rid of God out of the equation. Mm. See, it's another way. 
See how that works? Because, because basically, yeah. like, basically by doing good things, you're kind of, like, moving your own, like, spirituality towards, like, more of a, a good, positive thing. And if you take that out of the equation, it's completely different. Yeah, and that's why they, they keep talking about love, light, and peace. Like, I said something on Twitter the other day. I was just like, you know, when someone talks to me about, you know, love, light, and peace, my response is, fuck your love, light, and peace. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> a few people thought that was funny, too. Because it's not love, light, and peace. See, the, the light part is Lucifer. See, the New Age relative morality is basically Satanism. Why, remember, Aleister Crowley, in the book of the law, he taught, in the 60s, he taught, do as thou wilt. Like, there's shirts of that, do as thou wilt. It's the whole of the law. So you teach that to a kid, and you know, well, yeah, they're going to run with it. So do as thou wilt um, is the morality of the New Age. Do anything you want. Anything. There's yeah, nothing other than very do. true. Okay. Yeah, and so that was the morality of the New Age, of the Luciferian. That's why they always talk about love and light and peace. Love and light, love and light. The reason they talk about love and light is because Lucifer comes as an angel of light. And the love and light um, ethos was given to the uh, 60s beat uh, generation, the um, counterculture. It was transmitted to them through the Tavistock Institute, which came from the Royal Society of England. It was actually a social engineering project to destroy America by teaching them um, peace. <laughs> is that funny, huh? So if you want to destroy a country, you just teach them the doctrine of love, light, and peace. Drugs, sex, rock and roll. Free love, sexual promiscuity, hugs and kisses, drugs, grow your own food, love, light. See, what you're doing is you're creating a communist, anti-Christian, dumbed-down, morally relative bunch of worker drones. They think they're enlightened, but there's no moral structure in that. And that's why these countercultures always end up, you know, getting petty and bickering and destroying each other. Because there's no moral structure to, to stand upon. And so that's pretty much the love and light thing. It's not really love. It's not really light. It's a Luciferian uh, deception. And that's why I'm, I would rather trust the biblical absolute morality, even though it's, you know, we don't always follow it, but still, but it, it, it's a doctrine. It's something that you can actually live by as opposed to, well, just do anything you want. Just don't hurt anybody. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, I'm going to rob this bank, and it's, it's not going to hurt anybody. But that's just what I think. So I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my, it's like, um, it's like basically destroy God by destroying the idea of um, absolute morality. Get rid of the lawgiver. So there's no lawgiver. That's my answer to that one. Yeah, one thing that does, it's always kind of um, sit in the back of my mind. It caused me to feel a little unsettled when I was researching other things and, and you know, doing certain programs. Uh, the UFO, I... The, I've seen UFOs probably like five times or so, but there was one that was really dramatic where it came very close to me, and I, I was really almost positive it was going to turn into an abduction experience, and um, it didn't end until I actually started to really panic. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack, and just kind of out yeah. of instinct, because that's how I was raised, because I was raised to uh, a ward off 
demonic beings by using the blood of Christ, I actually um, started spouting that. I started praying, well, not praying, but I said, hey, you know, leave me alone by the blood of Christ or blood of Jesus. I can't remember what I said exactly. And the thing just kind of floated off after that. It was very strange. Yeah, I, I've actually had, I've experimented with things like that in my life, too. Because um, I'm, like you or anybody else, I have huge doubts about, um, you know, Christianity, Christ being the Messiah, am I going to buy into this? And at the same time, um, I have experienced actually there being a real, tenable, almost measurable power in thinking, talking, or concentrating on Christ. Now, I'm not the first to say that because you just said it, right? So it, whether we believe these things, it's a power. I mean, again, why are the anti-Christians, <laughs> Luciferians, why are they investing all of their energy in destroying it if, it if it's not powerful? It is truly powerful. And so I'm, I'm going to say that eventually people, are, like I said, are going to have to come to this choice. You know, they're going to have to, like, look deeper into it or go right into this transhumanistic technology. And, and there's, there's not going to be a way out. I was thinking about the ancient mystery schools. Um, the, the foundation behind all these ancient mystery schools, it's, it's founded on the idea um, that man was given this gift of creativity and intellect um, as opposed to, you know, the Bible giving wisdom. See the difference? Like, the Bible gives the Ten Commandments, Sermons on the Mount, um, Teachings of Christ. And the idea is that man was given uh, gifts of creativity and intellect that we can achieve godhood ourselves. And beings, like little mini-Christs, like the New Age people, they always say that um, Christ consciousness is the first thing I learned in the New Age. Oh, no, no, you can become Christ. It's Christ consciousness. See, Christ wasn't really anybody special. We can all become Christ. And I, I thought, hey, that kind of makes sense, right? It's just a process of evolution. And if you get good at meditating and you're a loving person and you, you learn some really cool, you know, dark magic tricks or whatever, you, you become very powerful in Christ-like. Okay. But then you die at the end of, like, 80-something years. So it's all bullshit. So the idea of getting um, the gift of creativity and intellect from God that you don't get it from the Bible and you don't get it from Christ, that you get it from your own process of evolution and your own intellectual power, it goes directly against biblical Christianity, which offers salvation to anyone who just believes in Jesus. Like, all you have to do, like, it's a free gift. You don't have to earn it um, as if you could. Like, you die at the end of the game. So what did you earn? Nothing, actually. So, um, this is why the modern writers would talk on the topic of the ancient mysteries. They go to great strengths to discredit Christianity. And this is why secret societies have infiltrated all these religious institutions to corrupt um, the sectors of Christianity. And historians paint the picture of the, the Christian faith, which is utterly false. They just make up shit and they, they face it. And um, they're attempting to discredit Christianity um, visually in Hollywood. There's the Zeitgeist movement, that video on YouTube. Um, and anything they can to discredit Christianity. And that's kind of where we are. We're at the end of the game where there's a choice. And I wish I could just tell people, like, what to make or you should do this or, you know, but 
because I don't know all the answers and how to like thoroughly lock down the story of crisis and Messiah in people's minds. I mean, there's preachers that do this. There's uh, people say just read the Bible. Some say um, what I've done is I've looked at the other side. Uh, again, I was telling my my friend Michael Epperson. I was saying, you know, I, I didn't really figure this out by reading the Bible. I looked at the world. I just looked at the Luciferian world, the AI, the transhumanism, the genocide, the human sacrifice, the social engineering projects, the deceptions, NASA, the shape of the earth. I mean, you put it all together and you're looking at a really huge, twisted, dark mess of wicked deception. And that made me turn around and say, okay, what is all this about? And so I made up this metaphor last night. I was talking to my friend Michael again. I said, what if there's like 90,000 books in front of you? And every single book says, don't read the Bible. <laughs> like you open a book and it says, don't read the Bible. So you put it and you open another book. It says, don't read the Bible. Like 90,000 books. They all say, don't read the Bible. Okay. And then behind these 90,000 is a singular book. It's the Bible. So after going through 90,000 books that say, don't read the Bible, you turn around and you say, well, let me just, what are they talking about? Why am I not supposed to, so you open the Bible and you start running into things about Genesis and a Luciferian uh, apotheosis offering godhood through knowledge. Uh, I mean, that's, you start looking into the earth. Is it a, an, a realm, a plane? with waters above, waters below. I mean, you go, what is all this? So that starts you on a path, right? And then you got the flat earthers where, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, um, the earth is flat, but Christ is bullshit. (laughs) 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 You know, I'm trying to lay it out, what's going on. Sometimes I think to myself, like, people kind of just believe what they want to believe. Like, People will grab yeah. certain models and, well, it, it just happens to work for whatever preconceived thing they have going on, so they'll just kind of mix and match to their liking. That's, that seems to be kind of part of the new age thinking as well. That's exactly, they call it syncretism, I think. Syncretism, where you just, you, you pick it, you mix it, you mix and match, and you pick and choose from every different religion, like whatever makes you feel good usually like ah oh, that sounds uh, quantum mystical oh hey we're all made of computer code and it's a big holographic cosmic consciousness yeah that, that was like a movie i saw so i'm just gonna believe it okay it's it's just picking and choosing but again it's not because people just decided to pick and choose we've been led into a synchronistic or uh, syncretism, not not synchronistic, but syncretism. We've been led into a potpourri of different philosophical and ideological concepts and religious ideologies that we're supposed to be picking and choosing from. Because remember, they want a one world government. They want to merge um, Hinduism, Buddhism, the Islamic faith, Christianity, atheism. Like everybody's welcome in the new age. That, see, that's their basic thing. They want it all to be, um, well, actually, Christianity is the one that will ultimately be so perverted and twisted that essentially it is New Age. I don't know if you've noticed, but Christianity, as as it's being taught in churches, is 
just the New Age. They don't teach actual Christianity like anywhere. <laughs> they teach a spin-off on heliocentric New Age. I mean, I, I've never heard a church ever mention the Earth is flat. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> that, that would be I mean, pretty funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, and the preacher's like, reading from Genesis, and the the um, immovable, you know, earth, and the waters above. I've never met a preacher at the end of that passage saying, and you see, it's flat. <laughs> guys, been, guys, let's start this by, let's start this mass by breaking down your programming. <laughs> that, that would just like, I mean, everyone in the world, it's heliocentric, right? So, um, it's, again, syncretism. Picking and choosing what the, the Luciferian scientism priests have authorized or condoned as appropriate. If you step outside of the boundaries, you will be scorned. You will be ridiculed. You will be castigated. You will be berated. You will be ostracized. You, um, in William Cooper's situation, you will be murdered. He was murdered. Yeah, he was. It. Very true. So there you go. For saying I mean, a lot I'll, of the I'll, same I'll, things that we're talking about right now, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I don't expect to live beyond this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> After all this, uh going to get a like, sniper bullet from an FBI agent. <laughs> you know, my... <laughs> so that was like a joke I was making as a friend. It's like, um, he was saying, if you reveal too much, you realize you're not going to survive. And I said... Hey, you're not going to survive anyway, so just don't even worry about it. <laughs> have you seen um, this? Uh, I, and, and I do apologize if I already asked you this, but have you seen this whole tomorrow Tomorrowland thing? Oh, that's a. I use that. I, I, I talk about that a lot as an illustration of um, what the utopia that the New World Order is trying to get us to believe in. But one of the things about Tomorrowland is they give away um, one of the, the techniques that the New Age or the uh, Luciferians use, the occult, is the way they see it, they want you to um, create their New World Order. See, they don't want to do it themselves because they want slaves. So here's how they look, and they look at it as a mystical um, occult um, I, I guess you could say visualization. The more they implant a seed in, in our heads of a utopian future, a, quote, Tomorrowland, and that's what all these concerts are about, you know, like in Amsterdam, the Tomorrowland EDM concerts, where all the kids take uh, acid and MDMA and the sex orgies and pretty much the three days of, of sex and trance music and um, Babylonian occult of programming, it's called Tomorrowland, but um, that's the concert. And but the the movie is giving this same vision of the future. And one of the things about the the movie is it says um, we offered you all kinds of apocalyptic visions of the future, like if you didn't clean up your act, that there would be war and everyone would die. And we we made movies like Hollywood movies showing. A dystopian, and I'm just talking about this is from the movie Tomorrowland, because I recall this with uh, George Clooney, and they, they kept talking about how, well, we'll make this, um, we've made movies and books and magazines showing a horrific, apocalyptic, dy dystopian future. And instead of the world recoiling in horror, 
instead of going, oh, my God, we need to save, the, you know, make the future better. You actually liked it. You wanted more apocalyptic films. You wanted more films about war. You wanted more films about genocide. Like, you loved it. Okay, so it's an accusation against our culture or our, our world. And um, that's not totally true. The reason I'm, I'm bringing this up about um, the movie Tomorrowland is because that's not really what happened. They didn't just say, oh, we'll, we'll offer you all kinds of perverse movies about apocalypse and war, like um, there's a thousand sci-fi movies, um, Independence Day, Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, I mean, just there's a thousand about war, apocalypse, alien attacks, you know, and we just love it. We eat it up. But it wasn't, it's not that innocent. What they did is they, throughout hundreds of years, they seduced and hypnotically mesmerized and entranced um, us into a dark Luciferian mindset. Do you realize how dark we all are? I mean, you're included, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll cop to it. I'm dark. <laughs> I've, I've got the Wait, shadow we're... self. I've got a dark side just like everybody else out there. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I love, I've been, I mean, step by step, inch by inch, film by film, uh, song by song. Like my friend Michael um, Epperson, he likes Nine Inch Nails, and I always say, yeah, they're really good, but they're, they're like actually kind of like, they wa- they're leading you into a dark mentality. They're not just commenting on it. They're actually leading you into it. And he kind of goes, yeah, but they're also reflecting on culture. And he's right, but it's all of the above. If you keep reflecting on dark themes, like the stuff that you study and I study, it's pretty dark. You actually are kind of seduced into it. And the Tomorrowland idea in the film, um, the Illuminati, they want you to be investigating into these, these themes and also be entranced um, and starting to like the darkness. You know, liking, like, dark Star Wars gets darker and darker with each movie. It used to be light, lighthearted fun. Now it's like, you know... Um, Stoke and the force should be uh, annihilated and like really dark stuff coming out of Star Wars. Yeah, and you know another thing about that is like even some of this like motivational self help stuff. A lot of it's very selfish at its core. It's telling you you can't help anybody until you help yourself first. You got to get rich. You got to get power before you can help anybody else. In a way, that's kind of twisted Luciferian thinking. It's the inversion of Christianity. Because the first thing I learned in, um, like when I studied Buddhism, it's like you're supposed to become enlightened so that, you know, you could just basically go to Nirvana and fuck everybody else. <laughs> or you could Bodhisattva your way back. You could become Bodhisattva and come back and help people. But you, it's all about you becoming enlightened. And that's an inversion of Christianity because in Christianity, you become, if there's enlightenment, you only become enlightened by helping other people. Like, you know, that's how you get to God is you, you don't like, like figure it out and be, you're not like saved through your own work. Like I'll just like keep new age techniques and I'll be, I'll keep working on it until I'm enlightened. And, you know, know, it's not that at all. It's like, you can't become enlightened. I I like that better. But you see, (laughs) the idea of the, the deception that I'm going to become enlightened if I do certain things. First of all, it's never happened. I've never met an enlightened person. <laughs> I've met not not one. <laughs> I, I've met people that are intellectually smart, but I, I've met Rin Poche, uh, Zen masters from India. I've met some pretty you know top top internationally top famous enlightened guru people. And the first thing I thought 
And after meeting him, I said, this person's just bonehead, not enlightened. You see, there's no enlightenment. <laughs> there, it's all an, it's a, an occult fantasy. It, it's a trick. They're trying to keep you into a mindset. And some of them believe it themselves, you know. And, you know, the apotheosis uh, through transhumanism. But you can't become enlightened. You can get smarter, sure, but you'll just die. <laughs> How enlightened is that? Like, oh, I'm really, I love everybody, and I have incredible powers. And then, oh, dead. Okay, well. well, well these guys, <laughs> these guys, they call themselves, they always call themselves the illuminated ones, Illuminati, illuminated. Yeah, but then when you hear about some of this stuff, like, going on in Bohemian Grove, these guys are all, right. like, they're just having gay sex with each other, and they're running around like a bunch of maniacs, and they're, they're partying. That, that doesn't seem, like, super illuminated to me. Well, I guess in their rule books, sexual perversion equals illumination. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, you're right. What it is is that um, the power of Lucifer, and then they have their little clubs. Um, it's not so much gay stuff at the top level. Like you're watching uh, Bohemian Grove and you know, worshiping Moloch, and but it's really not so much just like um, like homosexuality. It, that is in there, but it's it's more uh, pedophilia based human sacrifice. You know, it's more about like sexual anything, sex magic, Kundalini sexuality, tantra, homosexuality. Um, but ultimately, it's kind of like sex. Is just a form of energy that they're exploiting, and also uh, sacrificing humans, drinking the blood, for uh, to exploit energy. So uh, you're really looking at power more than sexuality. But yeah, it manifests as this sexual kind of like lower chakra stuff that you learn in the New Age. But again, you're not you don't get enlightened. You can get high, or you can get certain powers. There's there's no question you'll get certain powers, and you you can be clairvoyant. You could be who knows? Astral travel. There's all kinds of fun new age stuff that is offered. And to I, I have to wonder if in, in some of these cases, if some of these powers are actually being given by um, some sort of d demonic being that's possessing the person and um, able to um, actually access certain, th certain things about their physiology or brain that they're not able to access themselves. I think that's what's going on, too. And that's why I don't advocate psychedelics to anybody um, because I think what you're doing is you're opening up um, oh, what do they do I wrote something recently about the pineal gland because people think oh the pineal gland is like why would God create it um, if it wasn't to be explored you know like don't eat fluoride because it will calcify your pineal gland you always hear about that um, and I, I don't know that the pineal gland is supposed to be exploited and explored or opened um, necessarily in the way people think. Hmm. It could be that, it could be that, yeah, it opens at night to a certain extent and you're in the dreamscape and your mind is in a dreamscape for some reason, right? And it could be that at death it opens up and it's the porthole to either, you know, hell or heaven. I mean, I don't know. It could be an act your soul might, um, access certain interdimensional states through it at death. Maybe that's where you go to heaven versus go to hell. But the point I'm making is that to to play with these things when you're in a flesh, a mortal body, you know, thinking you're going to get secret knowledge, what is that but the Luciferian promise? It, it, it's nothing but that. 
And to explore it, you're basically opening up like a stargate or a portal or a doorway to interdimensional demonic entities as much as interdimensional angelic entities. But the problem is, I don't think that like um, the angelic entities are somehow supposed to be like assured. And I don't even know that you can access angelic entities. I mean, I really think you're just going into the Luciferian um, paradigm. I think that's all that is. Well, I, I think and I can kind of attempt, at least attempt to offer an explanation to that because um, we do have a guardian angel and it's with us all the time. So perhaps by entering into certain occult practices, what we're doing is we're, we're just kind of like giving up that protection or stepping away from it kind of makes sense to me because I have noticed in some of these states of consciousness um, there is there is sometimes a feeling of uh, a euphoric apotheosis feeling. I mean, you do feel uh, in some of these drug states, you do feel like God. I mean, you feel God-like. <laughs> You're very much in a state of consciousness that is um, the perspicacity and a view of the histas, the panoramic kind of like vision that you can have of um, you know, what transcends linguistic thinking. I mean, you're really, as they say, high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can say that when when I was experimenting with some psychedelics, I actually had um, psychic type of occurrences happen when I was really super sky high on these, you know, things like mescaline and ayahuasca. Absolutely. And a lot of people talk about that, and I've had that too. I've had synchronistic paranormal experiences that lingered for years. I mean, you do get powers. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. These are God. <laughs> Why do you think they're so attractive? But um, it's a deception because you don't become God and these powers don't lead you to God. See, they, they lead you to the narcissistic self-absorption um, that you were referring to. It's just mm. more narcissistic merging with Luciferian occult um, thirst. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first there's kind of the lure there where uh, you're told, like, you could become a god and do anything. I mean, who wouldn't be seduced by that? And then as you kind of journey into it, next thing you know, you're getting better and better results with it. And you're, you're actually seeing things that your, your intent is changing things around you. And it's just like a drug because it just kind of uh, – there's no way that anybody can handle that type of power, in, in my opinion, at least most people. Well, our, our brains aren't – constructed, you know, they, they always make up all kinds of stories. Oh, you only use so much of your brain. And, and there's like the movie with Scarlett Johansson called Lucy. Um, and the movie Lucy, that's short for Lucy fur. <laughs> you know, just playing a trick with you. <laughs> that's all it is. You know, Scarlett Johansson plays a character called Lucy. And, you know, Lucy fur. But also it's uh, Lucy, the, the uh, ancient archaeological, link, the missing link idea, Lucy. Um, so it was an evolutionary story, but the idea that she became God through uh, like quantum, mystical, and drugs. She had a drug in her system, and she connected herself to a quantum computer. Oh, wow. She becomes everything. Oh, yeah, you should see this movie, Lucy. So she had a drug in her system, and it, it gets her like infinite brain power. Like She explores 100% of her brain power. Okay? And then she is so smart that she needs to like live inside the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> so now, this is exactly um, reality. See, 
the, the difference between movies and what's real is so difficult to tell now. I mean, what is science talking about? Uploading consciousness. Infinite um, access to knowledge through the Internet. You can upload your consciousness. You can plug into the cloud. You can have infinite knowledge on a microchip in your brain. You'll be smarter than all your friends, you know? <laughs> that's what they're teaching. And that's what the movie was. See, it's all the same thing. Whether Hollywood, whether uh, Discovery Channel, whether it's uh, NASA, whether it's Harvard, it's all run by the same synagogue of Satan. The Ashkenazi, won't say Jewish, because that sounds like, you know, the religious Jews that are eating matzoi down the street. They, have, they don't know anything of this. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we look at it, if we really look at it, we line them all like ducks. You have, um, you know, just like you say, these high high level um, bankers or whatever. Uh, they say that they're yeah. Jewish, but really they're Luciferian. Then you have the highest level Freemasons, they're Luciferian, and then you have the highest level Catholics, they're Luciferian, and then you have the mu- music industry, which is satanic, and, and that was started by Luciferians. Yeah, I guess that's why. I started using the word Luciferian. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you see the word Luciferian, like, everywhere. In my titles of my books, on tweets. Uh, sometimes I just say the elite. Like, recently I've just been tweeting stuff. I've been saying the elite. Because, you know, I think people know what I'm talking about. But, um, um, again, semantics. It's like the people who will argue with me about the true, uh, the true name of Jesus. Like, they say, it's Yeshua, right? And I'm not going to argue all these semantics. Sure. I mean, the true name of Marduk, is it Enki? Is it uh, Nimrod? You know, it, it just doesn't matter to me. Because uh, as long as we know kind of like what we're talking about, we're, we're talking about um, an entity, I guess you could say. Again, linguistics, words, right? We're talking about a uh, wicked entity, we're talking about a an ego narcissistic, um, petty, jealous, genocidal, sadistically torturous, nihilistic energy. Yeah, and and you know when won- you when you put it that way, it's like how could there not be a Lucifer or a devil? Well, yeah, I mean, people say, oh, well, you know, but you're getting into the spiritual realm. Well, okay, so um, let's just talk about dark matter, which has never been uh, proven. Let's talk about dark energy. You know, instead of Luciferian, you can say, you know, Luciferian energy. You can say dark energy over at Harvard or Cambridge, and nobody blinks an eye. And, and, you know, entropy. I mean, they just sanitized the spiritual nomenclature. That's all they've done. they sanitized it for a, a materialistic, atheistic, secular neo-scholastic, epistemologically raped world. They took knowledge. They took knowledge. That's all they did. They said, we're going to establish the rules as to what you can and can't say, as to what you can and can't think. Okay? And you can't think about Christ, and you can't think about um, redemption, and you can't think about salvation, and you can't think about demons, and you can't think about angels, and you can't think about God, you know, you can think about dark energy, <laughs> you can think about dark matter, you can think about black holes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> reptilians, reptilians, yeah, aliens, that's perfectly plausible, 
it's something that we've never, ever, ever, ever seen. And we haven't even proven there's outer space, <laughs> except through CGI uh, <laughs> portraits and pictures from a film company called NASA. Well, even these, and, and these so, reptilian yeah. encounters, these the people that get like attacked by them or raped by them, it's, you know, it's very common. To me, the descriptions sound just like these demonic beings or these shadow beings. They don't sound much different. It just sounds to me like another one of these inversions or deceptions. Yeah, that's kind of why I, oh, yeah, whenever you say inversion, my, because yeah, we always say deception, but inversion, it really perks my ears up. That's really what it is, inverting everything, um, and that's what the occult do, of course, they invert everything. Um, and I think they, they're trying to think of it as MKUltra on the world. It's an, it's an MKUltra um, attack, a trauma-based mind control. Every time you see a film, Hollywood that's like, go watch Alien Covenant. <laughs> it's terror. It's absolute fucking terror. Okay, go watch Prometheus. Um, go watch The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan. You know, Batman's pretty dark character. It, it's like, but is it the Dark Knight or the dark fucking wicked knight? I mean, who's this guy become? It's really dark. Okay, it's, it's MK Ultra mind control. The, the occult agenda is to bring the collective human psyche to utter helplessness through terror and war and famine. So it'll gladly accept with open arms this alien intelligence for its gifts, energy, abundant resources, new technologies, you know, salvation. They're, they're trying to bring you to your knees. They want you on your knees begging for their new world order. And that's what this is really all about. That's why they keep changing um, the, the, the words on us and, and make sure we only use, uh, again, the epistemological cartel, the cartel of knowledge, the sanctified, deified scientists and priests. You can only use their words in their um, cathedral of scientism. That's really what it is. They want you worshiping in the cathedral of scientism. It's the religion of the 21st century. It's radical empiricism. And the only knowledge allowed is the knowledge um, that they uh, authorize. And I said once on a tweet, I said that um, epistemological knowledge, the, you know, the radical empiricism, only the five senses can give you truth, blah, 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 right? I said that it's a circumstantial juxtaposition which in which um, it's merely a temporal succession of spatial proximity. Now, it sounds like a lot to think of, right? What, what am I talking about? Okay, the circumstantial juxtaposition. The juxtaposition, the adjacentness, the juxtaposition of certain circumstances and events and objects, right? Um, it's a temporal succession, you know, one thing leads to the next, of spatial proximity. So if I watch uh, apple falling, that's, you know, a circumstantial um, juxtaposition, it falls to my hand in, in time, temporal succession, and spatial proximity, it falls to the ground. So Sir Isaac Newton's like, oh, okay, so that apple fell, so that happened because of gravity. Okay, no, it's a circumstantial juxtaposition, which is merely the temporal succession of spatial proximity. All that happened was this object went down to this place. An apple was here, and now it's on the ground. It doesn't prove gravity. It just, it's just a, again, temporal succession. 
of spatial proximity. They decided that they'll be the ones to interpret all of these temporal successions of spatial proximity, these circumstantial juxtapositions of objects. They called it physics. They're going to be the ones that say, what are the forces behind it? It's not God. It's a big G, though, gravity. What do the Freemasons have on their compass? A big G, the grand architect. It's the Freemasons have a big G on their, their compass. It's also, it's not God. It's gravity. And it's the grand architect using gravity in a heliocentric universe. So they've established the epistemological ground rules. Again, epistemology, knowledge. Okay? They established the epistemological cartels established what is reality and what is fiction. And so they taught, they interpreted the juxtaposition, juxtaposition of events in our external reality in their own way, in their own occult Kabbalistic doctrines. So gravity, heliocentric theory, Big Bang cosmology, evolution, those are just Babylonian occult um, doctrines. That's all they are. They're not real scientific principles. There is no gravity. I've written extensively about what gravity is. It has to do with um, electromagnetic dielectric differentials in the atmosphere. It's once you start looking at buoyancy and how things rise in water, and you know gravity is so powerful, it holds trillions and trillions of tons of ocean to the surface of a spinning ball. I mean, it's so powerful, it's inconceivable, and yet. I can go outside and, and do jump rope. I can jump up and down. But it can't hold me down, but it can hold down trillions of tons of ocean. It, it, there is no gravity. Okay, once you start siphoning or sifting through all of these um, occult parables, occult doctrines that were repackaged as science, the whole thing crumbles. The 21st century religion of scientism crumbles. And they're deathly afraid of people like you and me and these types of radio shows. Because, see, everyone else online and on the radio is doing, is talking about the things that support the occult. The Anunnaki, the ancient aliens, and all those special New Age powers, and all the cool things, and the pyramids. See, they love all that stuff. You know, the more you, because it's merging ancient occult thinking with modern science thinking. They, they're merging them together in your mind. And so, like, I, I don't know anyone else except myself that's actually saying that, that that's what's happening. Yeah, and one thing that I was thinking about the other day, you know, thinking about this Luciferian thing, you know, yeah. much, much of it to do with, um, you know, our first interview, and that was very mind-blowing for me. Well, what's more deceptive and Luciferian than these false flag operations going on, such as 9-11? Well, yeah, the 9-11 thing was, um, I don't know, I think in a way they, they might have wished they'd never done that because, I mean, what woke up um, the semi-awoken consciousness, what woke people up more in realizing that through probably Israel Mossad, um, that was done intentionally. 
that was actually done to lead us into, uh, you know, war, a false flag. And then so people start studying false flags, the, uh, the North, North, uh, I forgot the name, Northwest, Operation Northwoods, I think it was called, Operation Northwoods, and uh, various false flag operations. David Icke started talking about it. I mean, that just blew the cover. Like, everything came out because of that that one little you know, plane wreck. Um, so to, to just go, to take that immediately and talk about how would they usher us into a uh, new world order, you know, really quickly. Well, how about another false flag, right? How about a Project Blue Beam fake space inva- um, invasion? And then everyone that's studying the Anunnaki and Nibiru and all these, you know, Joe Clark and Sitchins and all these experts, um, they're going to teach people that that this, you know, Bible's coming true, the ancient it's actually ancient aliens. It's like a movie for Prometheus, right? And, and I think the grand deception is is that that's what's actually going to happen, is that the conspiracy community is going to be on board with the Luciferians and not even know it. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about <laughs> it. it. It's so funny because everybody out there, they think that they're so smart. They think they know everything, but... Let me tell you people out there, you don't know more than Lucifer. He is the prince of deception. He's the master of lies. You're not going to outsmart him. You're not going to see through his deceptions. Don't even no way. think that you can. It, it, it's intellect. Lucifer is intellectual power. I mean, it's one and the same. Like, the only... The, the, you either figure this out, like, you either figure it out, okay, or you read the Bible. <laughs> I mean, you have to be pretty damn smart to figure it out or just go read the bible <laughs> it's already been laid out so I, mean, I, I haven't really read a lot of the bible that probably talks about this i've just kind of heard about it from people they like they say hey greg you're talking about the stuff that's written in this book the bible and it's like well i've just been studying the dark luciferian stuff and it's leading me to these conclusions and i guess the bible already has this figured out <laughs> so like when the antichrist um, stages his appearance, he will claim to be an ascended master from an, another dimension, just like you're talking about, like the Illuminati, you know, the ascended masters. Um, it's an alien being, and he's going to be friendly. It's all those aliens you've been seeing on, like, E.T. <laughs> and movies. Um, and it could be, like, the, the big alien messiah thing. Or it could be an alien attack of some sort, you know, fake. And then um, there's another alien intelligence that comes to the rescue. I, I'm not, not sure if you're aware of that aspect or that scenario where they actually have an alien attack and then a second alien uh, contact that saves the game. Yeah, I, see, I do believe that might be that might be some of the reason why that reptilian thing is going around. I think so. And, and again, they all kind of dovetail together. You can see how all these, in, in fact, in the next book, um, which I'll have to kind of make into two or three books, I kind of decided to, like, just unpack a lot of deceptions, you know, like, just lay them out. And so I was just kind of like, like let me, um, actually, I have my book, the next book open in front of me. Let me go to the table of contents here. Let's see, table of contents. Here we go. It's, it's seven pages long at this point. <laughs> um, 
Here we go. Okay, so I'm just kind of scrolling through here. I kind of – here we go. Okay, I've got the alien deception evolving um, – oh, here we go. Web of deceptions. Okay, so chapter 18. Let me go to this. Web of deceptions. So what I did is I started going through all these deceptions, and I said, okay, if I if I start laying them out, will there be um, what I call execution? Like you start, they, like they have all these deceptions that they that they connect, and so if they all connect, is there going to be like another stage of executing? Like let's start like taking all the connections and then you know really step up the game, and I think that's what's happening. So I started. I started laying out the web of deceptions. I got like the new age deception. The, I'm just reading from my table of contents. One of them is called quantum Indra's net. I'm um, using the uh, Indra's jeweled net as a metaphor for quantum technology. Um, universe is a conscious holographic information processor. I'm just reading you the table of contents in my next book. The new age deception, um, Luciferianism, the religion of apotheosis, ethnogens, the elixir of life deception through pharmacia. Um, the new age is simply the old age re- repackaged, the alien o- world order, and artificial intelligence created simulated organic reality, reincarnation and Eastern mysticism, the alien antichrist agenda, deuce, uh, deuce nexus, which is childhood's end as Luciferian new world order propaganda, um, enlightenment deception, uh, I talked about that tonight, reconfiguration of reality through quantum mysticism, simulation theory, the CERN matrix, CERN, D-Wave, Quantum, Mandala, Reconfiguration of Reality. Oh, my God. Okay, so I lay out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so going deep with like, this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you like that last one? CERN, D-Wave, Quantum, Mandala, Reconfiguration of Reality. Because I, this whole Mandala effect, it, it sounds like another technique to reconfigure reality through mental hypnotism. Um, I'm suspicious of all this stuff. So AI evolving into unity, cosmic consciousness, um, artificial intelligence directed holographic reality, um, the dinosaur hoax. <laughs> that, that's gonna be a, <laughs> that would be a fun one. <laughs> no, Again, I, I've I'm looked into that. There's probably something there. I mean, I'm not sure exactly uh, how much, but well, but mm. well, think about it. If you wanted to create a, an idea of evolution, you create a Big Bang uh, cosmology, right? So that the universe is evolving, and then you create this idea that dinosaurs. Um, and we evolved past that. See, all these like dinosaurs, it, it, it validates the idea of evolution. And evolution is necessary for Big Bang. And Big Bang is necessary for gravity. And gravity is necessary for heliocentric. And the heliocentric um, religion is necessary to extinguish the idea of God. See, it all works together. That's why I'm, I'm laying them out. So uh, another one's the rise of Technosapien. Um, one of them's called Ready Player One, The Shining. One of them's called Forbidden Gates in the Temple of God, The Battle for Your Soul, Genetic Manipulation, Triple Helix, The Last Days of Noah. See, I'm basically just kind of like trying to see if I lay it all out, will I eventually get um, a, a picture that no one's got yet? You can see, if you just accept the... the uh, the conspiracy, like a lot of people just say, oh, that sounds good. I'll just believe in that. <laughs> well, if you lay them all out, like everyone you can find, there's going to be a pattern. 
you follow what I'm saying? Yep. And so I'm, I'm just trying to like let's say well, I'm going to just like look at all of them. I'm not going to be afraid to um, uncover one stone. And so one of the things that it, it, it comes to this thing called the days of Noah. You ever heard of that phrase, the days of Noah? Uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I, I've, I I think I saw that phrase somewhere somewhere, and it, it's been on my mind a lot lately. Yeah, because the more I lay out all these, you know, autonom- autonomic intelligence, uh, Google's unveiling a 72 qubit like quantum computer, um, the Google's the transhumanistic stuff, the deep mind, uh, their, uh, their quantum algorithms. The more you look at it, you're like, I'm, I'm so far strung out, um, which, of course, is exactly what they want <laughs> in their uh, te- science and technology and seeing how it correlates with occultism that I'm really no closer to, you know, unveiling the grander deceptions. So I think after doing all that, I, I kind of went back to look at the Bible for a second and it started to look like this, that there's a genetic element to this that I need to start addressing in the, in the context of transhumanism, that they want to screw around with our genetics um, and then this gets back to the fallen of the Nephilim, you know, having sex with the, the daughters of men mm-hmm. and uh, cont- contaminating the gene pool and creating uh, some kind of chimera or corrupted creature. And I thought, um, you know, someone said, well, the, the flood and God's genocidal and wicked because he killed all his creation. And I thought, wait a minute, if there was a corrupted creation, and, and again, I'm not saying the aliens inseminated <laughs> oh yeah like, you know what i saw you were trying to explain this to a guy on twitter and he was not getting oh, it at all but i totally knew what you were talking about yeah i was trying to explain it to him and he was just like uh, if people get too like i think if they don't you know like if they go too far on twitter i eventually block them because i don't want to clutter up my twitter page with a fifteen thousand, um you know posts back and forth with somebody about something. It, it's just not what I want for my page. I, if they get, if they're too much, like, far away from, you know, the knowledge that I have, where I have to spend years to get up to speed, then they really don't belong on my page. They, they, they belong on somebody else's page that can kind of, you know, lead them to the kindergarten land that they have to go through before. I mean, my page is kind of like, it's a PhD program. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it, it, you have to kind of know something to hang on. Um, so I was trying to deal with this guy, and I was saying, you know, it's not the aliens that had sex with their you know, daughters and men. It could be the Anunnaki. It could be the Nephilim, you know, the Fallen, and all this stuff. But I think they, they probably contaminated the gene pool, you know, the genome uh, of God's creation. And it makes sense that God would would have a flood would say okay noah you're not contaminated no you're still worshiping me okay you're my creation i'm your creator and so i want you to build an ark <laughs> you know, it starts to make sense all of a sudden that he wasn't genociding his creation he was getting rid of the corrupted uh, genetic impurity this this satanic creature um, now, doesn't this sound like what's happening again, Daniel? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, mean... <laughs> I, I think that's there's a mystery there 
that I, I hope to think that I'm getting closer and closer to talking to guests such as yourself, but whatever was going on back then was far more complex than, hey, let's put two animals on the boat because all the rest of them are going to die. No, I, I think you're right. They're they're trying to preserve some kind of genes because there is some crazy stuff going on. Who knows, giants, chimeras, werewolves, like all kinds of strange technologies and perverted sex and mutations and hybrid beings and all kinds of stuff going on. And I, I think this all converges um, into what we're discovering about the world today, um, uh, like the, the fetishes, the sexual fetishes, sex with horses. <laughs> you know, it's like a big thing. Sex with dogs, sex with horses, um, uh, pedophilia, um, uh, transgender movement, which transgender movement is just basically it's a stepping stone to transhumanism. But the Luciferians, they, they don't want trans, transgenderism. They just want to warm you up to the idea of transhumanism. That's all transgenderism is. It's just a link. It's a stepping stone. Okay, so it's a major alteration to the body. Yeah, alteration to God's creation. Any kind of perversion of God's creation and and to uh, androgyny, transgender, uh, genetic manipulation, anything to to try to improve on the mortality of the flesh body. See, they they think we should live forever in a perfect body, right? And Christ was mentioning, no, you actually were created to die because of choices that were made. In your, in your lineage, sin was chosen, and they call it original sin. And so you, we're reaping the fruits of our ancestors, and some say Adam and Eve, that we're suffering from the sin that they introduced into our lineage. And so it's, it's like you can imagine God saying, well, I will I will let this ride out to see how my creation evolves, not evolves in the sense that change species, but how it, like, do they choose me? And so we're at a place where certain people are, are you know, choosing again. They're choosing the apple. You see how it's the same thing, Daniel? Nothing's changed. In the Garden of Eden, the creation of God chose Lucifer's gift, and that included genetic perversions and the sex with Nephilim or whatever. Okay, and now what do we have today? Transgender, promiscuity, sexual fetishes, uh, fetishes. Um, we have transhumanistic technologies offering apotheosis, godlike. I mean, the same choice is being offered. It's identical. It's a Luciferian thing, identical. Apple, instead of Apple, Apple computer. I mean, it's too, it's too chillingly correlating. It's mind-blowing. Oh, yeah, the that Apple, is true, and it has a bite out of it. The Apple, yeah, the Apple, see, in my way of teaching this, technology is the Apple. I will I, eat of this, see, knowledge, eat of this knowledge, transhumanism. Technology. Eat of this apple, this technology, and you will live forever. Transhumanism. And the apple computer tech. You see, it's all perfectly recycled Garden of Eden story. It's happening right in front of our eyes. 
the same choice. And so oh, we're to expect at this point, same thing where God's like, okay, for those who have chosen me, eternal life. For those who have chosen out of free will, have chosen Satan, have chosen Lucifer, tempted by the apple, and you chose it. Those are not his creation. Just like the contaminated Anunnaki Nephilim story where they, they became like Chimera uh, genetic perversions. So they are no, they're like not, like if everyone gets killed um, in, in this transhumanistic war or whatever, um, the, and, you know, the ones that like are not choosing God or Christ, they're not God's creation. They, they are genetically Satanized. They're Luciferian. Like if you're hooked into this transhumanistic Luciferian thing, um, it's genetically altering. That's what I'm saying. That your 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 genes will be altered. It's like genetically, you will not be God's creation. And, and I and I think that's why um, people say it's so inhuman. Why would God allow this to happen? Well, it's like the ones that will be killed will not be God's creation. And so it's it, I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying, right? Like, wait, <laughs> is that right? So it doesn't matter. Um, or um, it's kind of like the the B system versus eternal salvation is what it's coming down to, and it's a crazy idea. So people kind of Yo. look at me like, oh, that's a, I'm, like I think I'm stretching it too far. It's like if you reject the fallen transhumanistic immortality promise of apotheosis that's coming up through the interlacing with Lucifer's technology. If you remain a mortal creation, and uh, then you live eternally. And this, the Bible talks about that, to be, to be born a man and to die a man. So if you accept the transhumanistic technology, uh, you will no longer be a mortal man. You will try to have been God through technology. You, the secret knowledge, the occult secret knowledge of the, of the garden. One and, thing and that's that where is we are. Kind of... Uh, one thing that one thing that is kind of scary about it is uh you talked about this earlier about how uh when you go down these certain uh, dark pathways or even if you know not so dark pathways like experimenting with psychedelic drugs and things like that um it, i i've heard or, or read that these people that are you know these high level luciferians or people close to the inner core that are you know into the the dark arts and the occult that they they actually do have uh, abilities you know higher abilities psychic abilities, powers that, that they could use on people that are out there um, trying to do good and spreading truth. So I, I think that's something that people out there should kind of keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, you definitely, uh, there's definitely powers to be accessed. I mean, it's not like this is all made up. <laughs> I mean, again, why would people go for it if no one ever had any power from it? It's like, it was Christ was tempted. You can have all the kingdoms of the world if you would simply bow to me, right? That's all that Lucifer is asking for. He just, or he, she, it, whatever, just wants worship. That's all it is. And and uh, that's why I, made, I put that tweet out. I say, um, if you make a god out of technology, you know, if you worship technology, then you become the thing you worship. So Lucifer is this technology. And that's why, you know, I'm making a lot of enemies. <laughs> People are saying, 
what, shit can all the technology? And, and I'm saying, no, I don't think that's possible at this point. You can't. We're all plugged in. The only, the only thing you can do is to um, basically start exploring Christianity. And if you come up with the idea that you that you are choosing Christ, you know, um, that's all you can do. Like, you can't unplug fully. <laughs> Even the chemtrails with strontium and barium and aluminum and um, hot technology and 5G, there's no one on the earth you can go. You can't escape it. The beast system is fully in place at this point. Even as I'm talking to you, the air is electrified with radioactive quantum nanotechnology. <laughs> yeah. It's in the, <laughs> talk about a nightmare science fiction movie. It's nano, micro, nano chips in the air, in the water, in your blood right now. It's everywhere. Yeah. The whole earth. There seems to and be so, there seems yeah, to be a kind of a there seems to be kind of an effort to uh toxify as well like uh, pollute the air and also just kind of destroy things make us unhealthy with all this bombardment of chemicals and things like that and um harmful frequencies in the air as well like a lot of uh electromagnetic radiation yeah, I think and I I'm going to have a lot of that in my next book too the 5G network and I tweet about this stuff too. You know, you should tell people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to plug tweet a Twitter, but you should tell people a lot of the stuff we're talking about is um, on the this is stuff I tweet about a lot too. You know, so and and, and the book I wrote. Um, there's so much to know, and it's like another aspect is the 5G rollout. The fact that 5G is insanely more powerful than 4G. It's, there's no comparison. It's not incremental. It's not like 3G, 4G, 5G. 5G is like 20,000 times more powerful. It's like a military weapon. Oh, wow. I, I did not know that. It's that much more powerful. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. It's like it's the type of – it's one millimeter um, waveform. I, I mean, it'll rip your DNA structure to pieces when it goes through you. And it, it, see, the thing is, it, it, it's really hard for 5G to go through water. Okay. What are you mostly composed of, Daniel? Water. So it'll rip you to shreds, and they're having these towers all over the world. They already have them everywhere. I mean, it's just going to destroy the genetic... Uh, now, again, see how this connects? Destroying your genetic um, integrity, right? And people will, like, want to figure out how to survive it. And, you see, it's uh, the Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, genetic uh, instability, right, and diseases through 5G. And then, see, they offer, there's a reaction, help us. <laughs> the world says help. Then they offer the solution, see, problem, reaction, solution. The Hegelian dialectic that the Freemasons use. They just keep rerunning iterations of it again and again. So people say, oh, and then they say, oh, we have uh, CRISPR and genetic, um, you know, we can do recombinant DNA restructuring. We can help you. <laughs> so now they're fucking around with your genetics. And then what did we just talk about in the, in the days of Noah? See, it all works together. It, it's so big. It, it's so complex. 